Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. It's Pearlmania 500, the husband and wife duo podcast, Mm -hmm. where one of them researches the lore on a topic, and the other one sits there and takes it to their face. Yeah. Last week. Was a bad one. It was a bad one. It was a rough one. Rough. Rough. Rough indeed. Yeah. But this week. Fun. Much funner. Good times. Also. Yeah. Before I even play the theme song. Yeah. Let me just hit this. That's That's right. Facts. Big facts. Uh, this episode, we promise, uh, Mrs. P, mm-hmm. right? I'm looking at you because I didn't do the research. No. Nope. We promise is going to be better. It's going to be a great time. It's going to be, this is the fun type of episode you want to listen to on a Monday yeah. at your job. Lighthearted, good fun. Okay, good. The whole episode is going to be like that, yeah. right? Not one moment is going to not be lighthearted, good fun. <laughs> I don't know about that. I can't make this kind of promises. <laughs> Thank you so much. His name was Dusk. Always bringing us that great, wonderful theme song. Good vibes only. Good vibes only episode. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, so yeah, it's been it's been a week. Yep. We released a Mrs. P's book club episode. Yep. Confessions. Yep. 
involved some AIDS milk in there. Yep. Listen to the episode if you don't know what we're talking about there. Well, spoiler alert. Well, the whole episode's (laughs) a spoiler alert. But um, yeah, if you haven't listened to that one, go back and listen to it. uh, It was actually a wonderful time. The beginning's a little rough. It's a rough book. It's a rough book, but here's the thing. it was funny It was funny. Yeah, it did. I really did enjoy the book. I really did enjoy the book. And then we also had last week's episode, uh, which we put a bunch of extra announcements on. Mm -hmm. This week... Uh, we had a long discussion. Yeah. I said, "Listen, we gotta be fun." I said, "Fucked Tober." Yeah, you're thinking like you're thinking this. like you're thinking like this is fucked. No, yeah. I was be like, "Oh, that's fucked." Yeah, like oh, that's fucked. The, I need to tell you something. I have swung the pendulum in the other direction completely. Yeah, I don't even think this would qualify for fucked Tober. What I've done research on. Yeah, it, it a lightly fun, spooky good time. That's what we were looking for. Yeah, so that's we're going, what I had suggested a month ago, and then you said "fucktober," and then I followed your directives, and turns out I just go a little too hard. Yeah, <laughs> this is you know what this is. What this is the this is the four the, the four cup dog scoop all over again. <laughs> so for the listeners out there, we need to understand when you have somebody when you have somebody in your life who doesn't understand moderation. I don't understand. Maybe it. because they're friends with a guy named Bill. <laughs> yeah. When you have somebody like that, um, mm-hmm. you can't give them a container nope. and then tell them to fill up the container halfway. No. So we have a very large dog. Yeah. And dogs on very large dog breed food. Mm-hmm. And uh, reading the instructions, talking to the vet, that was like, give the dog two cups. So I go out and I'm like, I need a scoop that is two cups. Yeah. Well. I couldn't find one that was proper for that size. Found a scoop, though, that was about four cups. Mm-hmm. And when you scoop it, you scoop half of that scoop. Yeah. Well, Mrs. P over here. <laughs> Mrs. P believes that Oops. if you were handed a four-cup scoop, yeah. you, you just, do one full you scoop. You scoop it. Yeah. The same thing in the past when we've had a, a different dog mm-hmm. where we used to use a red solo cup. And I said it was half a solo cup. <laughs> and then one day I looked over, I heaping solo had, cup. I've never had half a solo cup in my life. Exactly. And so because of this, I've learned over time. I am I am the Pringles commercial. Yeah. So um, so imagine, imagine the word fucked in fucktober uh-huh. the way, but like make it a squishmallow. Yep. Like, well, that's fucked. Like, it's kind of cute. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's fucked up. Yeah, oh, man, that's so fucked. <laughs> Not like, we're going dark. <laughs> this is fucked. So, I like, yeah. I like your Rob Zombie impersonation. Thank, that's not Very Rob Zombie Halloween. at all. That was... Very uh, Halloween. Okay, that was... Okay. All right. Anyway, uh, we have uh, some shout outs. Uh, we have yeah. some other things to go over. So let's keep this intro going with some Hey Hans. Hey Hans. Let's meet our team leaders. For first times and long times, as you know, Hey Huns are our Patreon members who have paid three, five, or thirty dollars. Feds. Three dollar is the Hey Hun tier. Five dollar is the team leader uh, tier, which mm-hmm. gets you also voting rights on yep. our Patreon for future episodes and for future topics. And uh, the thirty dollar Fed tier is the same as the five dollar tier, but you're Fed, so you got to pay us more. Got to pay more uh, because obviously you're part of a propaganda wing of an organization. <laughs> so with that being said, let's go ahead and w- and greet some new Hey Huns this week. First up, we have Ronnie underscore Dasani underscore and underscore the underscores Milk Toast underscore Mafia. <laughs> Hey, hon. Ronnie Dasani and the Milk Toast Mafia. That's pretty great. Yeah, that's a pretty good I one. I like that a lot. After that, we have Sarah Painter. Hey, hon. After that, we have Sincerely VG. Hey, hon. After that, I got to open this one up because it's oh, so like, long. Oh, so big. After that, we have, this is all one word. Okay, cool. Take After that, breath. we have 
Text Pearlmaniac500 to 500-500 for a free Blue Chew sample. <laughs> that's that's the hope and the dream. Yeah. One day. Uh, it should be 555-5000 there, buddy. I just oh, want to okay. let you know. That's it. It was, it was clearly a 555 you know, fake number. Oh, I see. Because 555 numbers aren't real. That's in Hollywood. Real. That was the one they would always use on TV shows. Mm. You know, call 555-1800-555. After that, we have Bill Burr in his Jared Leto era. <laughs> That got you? That one got you? <laughs> Bill Burr in his Jared Leto era? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, is that about me? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. Uh-huh. I, I was like, wait, is Bill Burr dressing up weird and started a cult? Well, oh, 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 oh that's me. <laughs> uh, after that, we have just a plain simple Taylor. That's so much more unnerving than the other ones. What? Like if you're like Bill Burr in Jared Leto era, yeah, that funny. would be scary. But this is a Garrick. Uh, this is a Garrick yeah, reference I know. from Deep Space Nine. But the way you said it was very scary. Just a plain simple Taylor. <laughs> After that, we have Danny. Hey, hun. After that, we have Witch of the Waste. Hey, hun. After that, we have Free Palestine. Hey, hun. After that, we have Bear. Hey, hun. After that, we have the underscore Garden Witch. Hey, hun. And lastly, okay. This is a very long one. All right. We have making grown rent, <laughs> making grown men read Akatar is my Roman Empire. <laughs> yeah, we we did the the poll the poll closed. Yes. The team leads voted. Yes. And uh, you are going to read a Court of Thorn and Roses, right? Yes. And we we we, we went to the store, went to Barnes and Noble. We paid cash money. Yep. To get a copy of the book. I was going to go to the library and rent it, but I felt like I wanted to be able to have this in our collection to remember mm-hmm. it forever. So we actually purchased a book. That's true. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I think it needs to live on our shelf after in uh, memoriam forever of this experience of you reading this book, yep. which people are incredibly excited for. It's very true. People are very, very excited for it. Um, it is... Uh, it's a thick book. I actually was, um, I was actually kind of shocked of how much of a thickum it is. Mm-hmm. He was um, also shocked to find out there's like five more or four more. I wasn't shocked to find out that there's five or four more. Uh, I was shocked that they were all right there, ready to go, ready to become a part of my life. Yeah. Um, they said, you're going to like this uh, first one. We also went through mm-hmm. and... Um, you know, we we posted on the Instagram picture of me holding the book. Yeah, last night. And a lot of people, a lot of strangers, yeah. came out of nowhere. It was just like, oh, your your brain's fucked. Yeah. But then again, a lot of people mm-hmm. from our listener base yep. have also told me yep. that the book isn't that bad. Which, like, I don't know what level people are coming from on this one. Yeah. Okay. I think so the only way you're gonna find out is to get in there. I'm gonna have to get deep in this book. Yeah, you're gonna get your bookmark. I'm gonna get thick them deep in this book. <laughs> but um, you know, to the to the listeners out there, we're we're gonna be in for an experience. And for yeah. you know, so I want to thank everybody who helped us reach the 500 Patreons uh, before I begun reading this book and having my life ruined. Yeah. Um. So with that, we've been recording a lot this week, mm-hmm. even though you guys haven't heard it. We're putting a lot of episodes in the can for when our parental leave comes mm-hmm. in 2024, and we'll be telling you more about that in the near future. Yeah. Uh, but with that, Mrs. P, is there any other announcements that we need to say before we go take this bumper? No, I don't think so. All right. I think we're good. I'm sure I'm just going to need one bumper, though. 
Just one? Just one. Okay. So just one is all you've ever needed. Uh, so with that, when we come back, and you will tell us all about your topic this week, which is? Halloween. Just Halloween? Yeah. That's it. Just Halloween. Yeah. The topic is just Halloween. Mm-hmm. This is Halloween. This is Halloween. Very that. Okay. Yeah. Like, We're, But cute Halloween though, right? Kind of, sort of. What does that mean? Well, I mean, come on. Let's just get there. Okay. Let's, uh, let's take that break. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Pearlmania, 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 Pearlmania. 500. All right, Mrs. P, tell us all about Halloween. Yeah. One of the best holidays. It's yes. in the top three. What's the top? The, there's a top three of Halloween? There's a top three of of course, there's a, you don't have a top three of your favorite holidays? Well, I want to know what your top three oh, is. Oh, Thanksgiving, Christmas, then Halloween. Thanksgiving, Christmas, then Halloween. In that order? Yeah, Thanksgiving is number one. Thanksgiving's number one. My favorite holiday. You know this. Well, I feel I mean, like you're playing dumb for the listeners. But Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. Because you like to cook. I love cooking. Yeah. I love a big meal. Yeah. I like when everybody comes over and yep. we eat a big meal and we sit around and are sleepy and play silly games together and talk shit. Yep. That's the best. Okay. Um, and then you also get Friendsgiving. Yep. You know, your friends come over and yep. you do the same thing, but with your friends. Yeah. I love that. What about uh, Christmas? Christmas is great. Christmas is a little bit of stress added to it. There's like, you got to get the gifts. There's yep. like always like, who, where are we going for this? Where are we going for that? It's a little bit more stressful, but it has... A larger amount of cookies involved mm. that I do love. Okay. Because at Thanksgiving, I'm pie heavy. I'm here for the pies. Yeah. I got many a pies to make. Yeah. Desserts. Mm-hmm. Christmas, an assortment of cookies. See, here's the thing. Uh, you've made me hate Christmas. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Okay. <laughs> so like no, I- No, no, no. No, no, no. I didn't make you hate Christmas. You never liked it to begin with. I was, listen, I was never an enthusiast. Yeah. I didn't have much of an opinion besides I better get a Super Nintendo this year. Yeah. That was always my feeling. So little jerk kid. Yeah, of course. Uh Uh-huh. All right. But then I I met you Uh and we started dating Mm -hmm. and I just slowly discovered that you are the greatest present chooser in the history of the world. Yep. Mm -hmm. You will pick out a present for somebody that no one will ever expect but will also be life-changing for Mm -hmm. them. And then, then, Mm -hmm. here's the really fucked up part. Yeah. Then I come to find out that while that is kind of true for the people you really love, you also do that for people you barely know <laughs> from your present closet because you have a fucking closet yeah. of gifts of random things that either people have given you that you've re-gifting mm-hmm. that are nice quality mm-hmm. or things that you're like, ah, you never know when you'll need this for a gift. Yeah, so- and they're all, no, no, no. 
Don't, don't cut me off. Okay, I'm sorry. It's rude. <laughs> They're all life-changing levels. Meanwhile, there's me, which I'll find something that I like and I think is really cool for you, but I might find that in July through October. Mm-hmm. But then I don't want to hide it from you because yeah. that feels weird. So I just give it to you. <laughs> in July. And then, and then I'm sitting around in December with my thumb up my ass, and then I ask you, what do you want? And you go, well, I really have everything I need. And I said, that's not what I asked. <laughs> I didn't ask what you need. Yeah. Uh-huh. I asked what you want. Uh-huh. And then you look at me like, well, you should just know. Mm-hmm. And now I'm the asshole. Yeah. And this is your fault I because think, you ruined Christmas. I think that I thought you were going to take this in the direction of, I love uh, decorating heavy and hard, and then you end up having to put up a lot of lights. No, because you do that to me at Thanksgiving yeah, and at true. Halloween. <laughs> it's true. So, like, that doesn't even count anymore. <laughs> but I thought it that used to be. At I didn't my, listen, this was going to be the at my thing. parents' house. Mm-hmm. At my parents' house, my mom would only do up the house for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Right? Halloween was like they had like two things they put on the lawn, and then they were like, "There's a pumpkin." That was Halloween. Yeah. You. You're like, we're going to do webs. This yeah. year's theme is spiders. Yeah, the spiders theme was such a good year. Yeah, but then we had to take it down. Yeah. Oh, and you know what's so funny about the spider theme? Little plot twist is when we're taking down all my spider uh, accessories and yep. webs and like all the little spiders I hid everywhere that scared the mailman is um, a bunch of spiders like nested in the spiders. <laughs> so like I would be picking them up and there'd be like an egg of spiders in the spiders that were fake and the real spiders. And it was a whole thing. And I was giggling the whole time. And you were like, this is gross. No, it wasn't. That wasn't the part that was gross. It was that you stretched cotton spider webbing uh-huh, yeah. all over the bushes yep. and then we had had a lot of rain last year Yeah, that was gross. and then I had to pull it off so it's wet cotton yeah. that is bunched up mm-hmm. that is part of the fucking bush full it's, of bugs it's not gonna rot in a way that makes any sense for months mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I have to do a good job and we to gotta get it. it down because we gotta get Christmas up yeah and on top of that mm-hmm. I had to it, it didn't matter because last year we didn't get any fucking trick or treaters we got some so we decorated we got like three and like half of those were teenagers who didn't care. Yeah, they were cute though. Yeah, whatever. They were literally wearing hoodies. They were they were having a good time. They just show like one kid was just wearing a Spider Man hoodie. Whatever. It doesn't I'll matter. give a college kid candy at this point. I don't care. It listen, all I'm saying is I it gets annoying to put up decorations See, he is just to, to take them down. But yeah, so the But Christmas, you do that to me for all of them, not just Christmas. Christmas closet uh is a thing I do year round. Because what happens is insider information. Anytime you're at like a TJ Maxx or a Marshalls, you're going to find something that's like really cute and a good deal. Just buy it. Just buy it in April. Put it in the closet. I've got like beautiful cheese boards, a beautiful kettle or something like that. So many like fucking cheese boards. Bucks. You just put it in the closet. And then when Christmas rolls around, you got white elephants for work. You got some family member you don't know enough about. Bing, bang, boom. Cheese board. Kettle. Random gift. It's easy peasy. And then with the- Knock off Yeti. Yeah, knock off Yeti. And then also with your gifts, you know, it's just I'm better at gift giving than you. And so I win every year. No, I know. But I'm you're still... the one that made it a competition. Because because <laughs> you're too good at it. <laughs> what are you fucking talking about? It's awful. Yeah, it's, it's great. It's fucking awful. It's what- I come from I... a family. No, hold on. <laughs> my family, okay? This is Because my dad- Yeah, we're going to get to it. We'll get to Halloween in a minute. My family, This right? is the nightmare before Christmas. This is. <laughs> So in my family, mm-hmm. there was a certain point where my sister and I realized Santa Claus was a lie early. Yeah. Very young. Okay. And then it became one of these things slowly over time. We're like, what's well, just coming from our parents? Mm-hmm. And our parents were like, you know, it's just coming from us. And we're like, yeah. And so then it became one of these things of like, why are we going to get you the wrong thing? 
Tell us exactly what it is you want. Yeah. And then it got to the point with school and after school and all that different stuff where you'd have a day where you'd be at the mall, at the toy store or wherever. Mm-hmm. And your mom would be, mom, my mom would be like, this what you want? This exact video game right here? That's what you want? Yes, that's what I want. Okay, go into Macy's and go look at boys' clothes. I'll meet you there in 20 minutes. Because that was her buying the video game, yeah. putting it in the car, pretending it wasn't what she just got me. Mm-hmm. And that was my life. So that was just like, whatever. You just get the person exactly what they want. Yeah. And then you showed up one day uh-huh. with a fucking bidet attachment Ten for me. Ten years ago. Oh, my God. I forgot about the bidet. Yeah. You bought me a fucking bidet <laughs> attachment. Incredible. And it changed my fucking life. <laughs> an incredible gift. Yeah. Now I can't shit anywhere else. <laughs> and, okay. So, uh... I'm not giving clearance for my medical information right now. I don't want you telling people about my no. raucous hemorrhoids I used to have. No, and that you fixed my life by buying me a fucking bidet. I, I bought a bidet, a tushy. Uh, reach out to me, tushy. They do affiliates. So I bought Alex a tushy as a gag gift because we we do so many Christmases um, because of like children of divorce and such. Yeah. And so. And your huge Catholic family. Yeah. So there's a lot of Christmas parties. And so there's one where we always do like more of a gag silly gift. And so I bought the bidet thinking this would be funny because it says like have a good poop on the box. And like it's very yeah. silly. And, and also. also Wait, no, let me finish. Okay. So um, what happened was. Everybody had a good laugh at the Christmas Eve party. They were like, oh, my God, this is so funny. I can't, it's like says silly poop things on it. And it's so funny, blah, blah. And then the next day at Christmas, we're at my our house. And my family shows up, my dad's side. And <laughs> my dad, again, plumber, HVAC, is like, yo, let's go put it in. Let's go. Come on, let's go upstairs. Come on. That's my brother. Yep. My brother and my dad go upstairs. They install a bidet. It's a whole thing. And then everybody after dinner takes turn using it. Yeah, and after then, a big Christmas after dinner. After Christmas dinner. But so every person comes downstairs at some point during the night and goes, yo, that thing is pretty good. Yo, listen. And my cousin Christian, who is the broiest Northeast Philly dude that ever existed, love you. A literal roofer. <laughs> literal. He was like, yo, that was life changing. And he went and he bought one that day. Yeah. He bought one online. The other thing the other thing to make oh. note the other thing to make note of is that uh you gave me that when we had moved into our first house that we had owned. Yeah. We had lived in a few rentals before mm-hmm. that. So it was also like I had never owned the toilet before. <laughs> so it was like that. So I'm like, okay, I guess this is something that you don't do. But no, it's also we then sold that house and moved into a rental and I've just I've I've moved this bidet now. <laughs> it's on its fourth toilet. Yeah. Because it's very easy to hook up and unhook. And, Again, at tushy.com. And, Come at me. Yeah. Well, listen, it we'll talk. Well. We'll talk. So, yeah, I'm, I, love, I love Christmas. I love buying people gifts. That's the problem. But that's the part that that's when weird. you ask me what I want, I don't really think about it. I just think yeah, about it. Because you don't think about yourself. Because you're a selfless jerk. <laughs> I just love You're an asshole. When it comes gifts. to yourself, what do you want? Oh, I don't know. What do you want to eat? Oh, I don't know. Fuck you. But listen, I'm still a bad person. I hold grudges. I, I remember deeply some of the gifts I've really thought about and got people nice things and then they didn't say thank you or they were really mean to me i know this is the spider webs trap that i'm (laughs) stuck in because there's been how many times how many times have you told me like oh you don't need to get me anything for our anniversary or something and then like oh yeah i just thought of this thing and then it just shows up and i'm like what is this like oh it's just the thing that you've been thinking about since you were eight (laughs) because you sneak into my dreams you nightmare monster now tell me about halloween your third favorite Third favorite. Your third favorite. That's the part I'm still shocked about. It's third. I would have thought it would be higher. I think Halloween is super fun when you're a little kid. 
it's super fun when you're a little kid. Yeah. Um, because all the candy, you're running around the neighborhood. It was so fun growing up. Where I grew up in Philly is like all row homes. So like trick or treating was like you hundreds of houses. If yeah. you if you really wanted to. Bing 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 bang, bing bang, bing bang, boom, boom. boom. And so trick or treating was super fun when I was younger. And then um, my dad and I both love Halloween costumes. So when we were yeah. when I was older, um, we would uh, make like. Our decorations would always have a theme every year, which I still do. Um, and I'll just like my dad and I and my brother would get really into it. So when the trick or treaters would come, we'd like make a whole like thing. Like one year, my I'll never forget. My dad um, got a bunch of dry ice and put it on the grill because uh, we had a grill in the front yard. Um, and so he was like, he had this like big fake mask that had like gory pustules on it and a chef hat and like a greasy spoon chef thing and like, but it was covered in blood. And then my brother and I were dressed up like prep cooks, just like chopping veg next to him. And then when he opened the grill, the dry ice would like 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 a cloud out. But then when he looked on it, we he had gotten like um, battery operated animatronic body parts. So it looked like there were hands being grilled on the thing. Yeah. And so when the kids came up, they'd be like trick or treat. And then he'd turn around and be like, I'll get you the candy. And he'd open the grill and then they'd all scream. It was a great time. Yeah. So I do love Halloween. But. Uh, she's still my third fave. Yeah, and you know what? Honestly, one thing that sucks about Halloween now is the growth and trunk or treat. Yeah, there's not as many kids because they all do trunk or treats. Yeah, and I think I, I think it's actually destroying local communities. I think so too because you don't know your neighbors as much. You have to go to some church, and that's just a trick to get me to go to church. Yeah, and it's also just one of those things where yeah, you don't know your neighbors as much. It also was a way to introduce yourself to people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, new to the neighborhood, all those different things. Of just like, oh yeah, I love your house. Oh, you know, I live three doors down. Uh, you know, because people don't talk to each other. Yeah, which again is why I go so hard with Halloween decorations because when we moved here, I wanted to that our neighbors like come over and say hi to us yeah so but this it year, didn't you're... matter how many uh kids came or just any kids that came we were happy to have them uh which is which sucks because <laughs> the first year we barely did any decorations because we had just moved in yep and we got more kids yep and then the second year we went all out on decorations mm-hmm. and then we got like virtually no kids this year we're gonna get bombarded yeah because we have <laughs> we have literally take... one ghost there is a single I, ghost hanging from I the front apologize of the house. to the halloween gods uh your girl does not feel good enough to come up with a plan this no. year but i'm still gonna go hard for thanksgiving I'm still mad you won't dress up as pregnant Sonic. I'm just going to throw not, it out there. Uh, I'm putting this on the record. Listen, everyone. There have been many requests. I know. I know it would be so funny. I know it would be so funny if I dressed up as pregnant Sonic. Yeah. I Because I am very pregnant. And I could paint myself blue. And we could make a video of it. And I understand. It would, it get, would be so funny. It would get hundreds of likes. It could never be deleted from the internet. Yep. And I cannot, in good faith allow a picture of myself dressed up as a pregnant sonic to live on the internet mm-hmm. when inherently our child is in that picture okay mm. that's mm. the part that freaks me out mm. especially everything you've told me about what pregnant sonics mean mm. and all the sonic stuff is hyper sexualized i cannot in good faith do that Halloween costume that's okay fine. Okay, so Mrs. P is going on record that she's a coward and doesn't like what the audiences enjoy. So tell us all about Halloween, you stick in the mud. This better involve a great pumpkin. Uh, uh, no, I don't have any of those. Okay, okay. so where are we starting? We're starting in the village of Hiawatha, Kansas. <laughs> Hiawatha, Kansas? So we're going to Kansas. We're going to start in Kansas. Okay. Um, 
uh, the morning after Halloween in 1912, a woman named Elizabeth Krebs was tired of having her garden and her entire town vandalized once a year by marauding children wearing masks. Wait, what? So basically, this lady, every year on Halloween, the kids, you know, they would dress up for Halloween and go trick-or-treating, but also mischief night hadn't been separated out. So on Halloween... They would just ra- go fucking buck wild, right? Like they're kicking pots over. They're knocking fences down. They're rambunctious. They're doing shenanigans and crimes. Having a good time, basically. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Mm-hmm. So you mean to tell me that if if America went and, and started a purge night, yeah. that would be a return to tradition? Yep. Okay. So uh, she was so upset. She was so fucking tired of people messing with her garden. Yeah. That she organized a party of people, a party for the young people the next year. Okay. She used her own money, her own fucking time, and she planned a big party for all the kids in the town. Because she felt if we could have a big enough party, it would tire the kids out and then they wouldn't have enough energy for destruction. Oh, yeah. Like you can tuck her <laughs> kids out from destroying things. And the next sentence is she underestimated their determination for destruction. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay. However, you know, after her party, the community was vandalized as usual the next year. Okay. Um, in 1914, she involves the entire town. She gets the entire town on board, and they hire a band. They do a costume contest. They put on a fucking parade, and they do. They wear the fucking kids out. Okay. By they, wearing themselves out. By too. wearing themselves out, they have a really good time. Everybody of all ages enjoyed the festivals, and rather than be than be disruptive on Halloween, kids went trick or treating, and it was a good time. See, the thing is, I'm torn. I don't know what I'd rather do. I don't know if I'd rather spend a full night in costume dealing with parades and trick or treating and live bands and music and the lights and the sounds and the feeling of warmth and community, <laughs> or if I'd want to just rebuild a fence. Okay. I don't know which one. I know you. Yeah, it's fence. <laughs> I'm at the park with the with the community. You're building a fence. Yeah. Okay. With your earbuds in, listening to a podcast oh. about Richard Nixon. <laughs> so. Oh man. <laughs> we oh. get plans. Oh, that's do, do, do y'all hear? Do y'all hear it? Did you hear what just happened right there? What? Did you hear her just pick out my perfect day? <laughs> and she's gonna gift that to me someday because I married Leslie Nope. You're the oh, fucking that's a, worst. That's a great compliment. Yeah. Thank you. And I do love waffles. Okay, so um, news of her success traveled outside of Kansas to other towns, which adopted similar courses of action. Big Halloween parties, costume contests, food, dancing, sweet treats. So real real quick. Yeah. So the kids are destroying everything, Mm -hmm. right? Through their rage and discontentment of their places in life. Mm -hmm. And the town's inaction was to create an atmosphere of such joy and love mm-hmm. that and and just fun yeah. that people stopped the, the children stopped destroying stuff. Yeah. But like when is where's the SWAT teams? Okay. Where's the tear gas? I don't. Where's the kettling? Like listen, when all I'm saying is like these teams Sir, sir, this is Kansas in 1914. Calm down. Okay. Okay, so Mrs. Okay, so sometimes when you look up, when you start researching Halloween, where did Halloween come from? Yeah. Mrs. Krebs is sometimes cited as the mother of modern Halloween. Okay. People give her a lot of credit for starting Halloween. Okay. Yeah. This is not entirely true. Oh, really? No. Okay. So this is how a lady who is mad about her fence got on city council, started a parade, to get these kids out of her fucking garden. 
Okay. Okay. And, and then, it worked. And, and then slowly that turned into Hershey's and, and that, Reese's Pieces and all that stuff. But no, because Halloween already existed. People were already trick or treating. This oh. was just their fucking town needing to do a big thing the day of. Because the mischief night aspect of it had gone so had crazy. gone so crazy. Okay. So, but she gets a lot of credit for starting Halloween, but she didn't start Halloween. So, most of the research I did was about where the fuck the origins of Halloween come from. Oh, okay. And I thought you would like it because you love a history. I do you love, love a history. A little history. Okay. So, first we're going to talk about Gaelics, the Celtics, Ireland. Okay. My peoples. Um, I'm she going really to... really caught me off guard there? Because first we're going to talk about gay. I was like, hmm? <laughs> nope. Licks. Oh. oh. Um, the... But what was I going to say? I'm going to butcher so many words. Oh, yeah. No, Gaelic Get is... ready. Very difficult. I apologize in advance. Which is crazy because that's... <laughs> technically speaking, that's your mother tongue, you potato-loving <laughs> psycho. No, yeah. It's true. But, um... So... Uh, let's see, Samhain. Do you know what Samhain is? No. Okay. So Samhain is spelled S-A-M-H-A-I-N. And that is your first lesson in Gaelic. That looks like Samhain, <laughs> but it is Samhain. Um, oh, like Slancha. Yeah, like Slancha. Yeah. Or what's that one name? There's that one name I love. Shersey? Uh, Shersey? I don't know. Shersey? Shersey? It's Shersha. But they spell it so crazy. Wait, are you talking about that one lady who was the actress, Sororsi or whatever yeah. it is? It's yeah, like, I can't figure can't... out for the life of me. <laughs> That's Gaelic. Yeah. So it's like it's like when I see the Vietnamese name that is is pronounced Win. Yeah. N G U Y. I know, but I had so many friends growing up who had Vietnamese last names, and every time they show up with an N G in their name, I'll be like. We're fucked, dude. We're never making it out of this one alive. <laughs> You're going to be fine. Yeah. You're going to be fine. Okay. Okay. So, uh, Samhain is a pagan religious ve- uh, festival that originated um, in the antic, a- I'm sorry, ancient Celtic spiritual di- tradition. Okay. It's usually celebrated uh, from October 31st to November 1st to welcome in the harvest and usher in the dark half of the year. Okay. So, the dark half, the dark of, half the of the year. Celebrants believe that barriers between the physical war world and the spirit world break down during Samhain, allowing more interaction between human and the denizens of other worlds. Mm. So this is where we start to get our ooky spookies. Okay. Right? October 31st, and technically it goes till November 6th, is the Samhain week. Okay. And it's believed that during this week... Um, you know, the physical world and the spiritual world become easier to access to each other. Huh. And this is the belief system. This is where we get the ghosts, we get the spirits. And this is why people will start to say that around the end of October and the beginning of November, it's like if you start waking up at 3 a.m., it's because there's spirits trying to contact you. Oh. There's a lot of like that. I thought it was just because of daylight savings time. No. And also I thought it was because the election day was coming it's up. It's because your cortisol levels. <laughs> you can't sleep. <laughs> so ancient Celts marked Samhain as the most significant of the four quarterly fire festivals. So every every quarter, spring, summer, harvest and winter there'd be a fire festival real quick yeah uh we're gonna go just for the listeners out there because mm. i can already feel a few of you starting starting to type with your thumbs we're gonna say celts and celts yeah we're gonna go back and forth on that pronunciation i apologize in advance oh uh, i know i'm just i'm i'm just throwing it in there where'd the sun go i just it just went away <laughs> oh my god 
That was crazy. That was just crazy. So the sun just went behind a Holy very dark cloud. I hope. I hope yeah. that's what it was. It was okay. like so much turned off the lights <laughs> it was outside. Crazy! It got so dark all of a sudden. Oh my god! What uh, if that was the aliens passing in front of the sun, and they were, we're all about to die while we're recording this podcast? Perfect. Please. I can think of no. I, honestly, it's please. what I look forward to every week recording yeah. this podcast with you. Yeah. So I can think of no better time to die. Thanks. I mean, last week would have been a terrible day. <laughs> I would not want to want to die during last week's episode. No. This week, though, we're gonna. Have a good time yeah let's die <laughs> no let's die happy stop it all right okay so there's festivals for every for every solstice of the moon that go along with the seasons yeah. right yeah. um during this time of year hearth fires in family homes were left to burn out while the harvest was gathered so historically if you have a hearth in your home you have a fire going there you always had one kid maybe this is why you have so many kids yep. you have one kid Whose job it is to keep, to keep the going. fucking fire lit, dude. Yep. Keep the fire lit. You don't want the Krampus to get in. You That's always, a different episode. Yeah. So you got to keep the fire lit all the time. Because you also have to keep the coals going. Exactly. Yeah. Um. And so what happened is during uh, Samhain, they would actually let it go out. Everyone would leave the house. Everyone, all the kids, you have to go do the harvest. You have to partake in the Samhain activities. Okay. And so it's this is a big deal culturally like you're letting the fire in the house go out so after the harvest work was complete they would go to a giant celebration which was um like put on by druid priests and they would light a community fire using a wheel that would cause friction and spark flames the wheel was considered a representation of the sun and along uh was used along with prayers as a way to um ask the spirits to come join us right gotcha um Cattle were sacrificed, and participants took flame from the communal bonfire back to their home to relight the hearth. Okay. So this was the main significance. We have a community fire. We're we're doing all this these prayers and the spiritual work with the druids. We take some of that community fire and we bring it back to our hearth for the whole next year. Again, because you're not going to let your hearth go out again. Yeah. yeah until yeah. Samhain. Um, early uh, texts show that Samhain was a mandatory celebration lasting three days and three nights where the community was required to show themselves um, to local kings and chieftains. Failure to participate was believed to result in punishment from the gods, usually illness or death. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so I think historically they're they're like, okay. If so you... it really is like a community building <laughs> yeah. thing though. Like, like I was saying, that like, yeah. but we were talking about with trunk or treat versus going door to door. Yeah. It was a way to show yourself off to people. Because you know what? When I was growing up as a kid, the like the houses where nobody was home on Halloween, or when you knew they were home, but like they were in the back. I hate them. I, Worse. No, immediately I was like, those people are weird. Those people are the fucking psychos. Yeah. And there's one on our block, and I don't like them. No. They're fucking weird. They're fucking weird. How are you not going to give out candy to these little kids? Yeah. Ugh. I'm not saying you have to sit out front like we do, holding a big bowl. Playing, Dress, dressed up dressed up playing ghostbusters music wonder why <laughs> these kids who are all dressed up like different versions of spider-man aren't coming over to your fucking sidewalk it's a fine um but don't just like turn your lights off don't do that it's weird okay so there's also a military aspect to Samhain. okay in ireland um the thro- the holiday thrones prepared for commanders there were thrones prepared for the commanders of soldiers so they like so you would go and you'd see the chieftains you would go and see the old the old kings right yeah and again it's so community based that the soldiers in their different armies that they had 
would have like thrones set up where they would sit and kind of you know they're just drinking let's be honest drink and eat and blah blah and the thing is is that you could not commit crimes or use any weapons to hurt anyone during Samhain. Okay. So it was like an elevated crime to commit a crime during these three days. Okay. And if you were found to be committing any crime, specifically anything where you hurt someone like physically or you maybe hurt them, immediate death sentence. Oh. Immediate. You stole a loaf of bread during Samhain, you're done. So it was a very important like and I think it it might have to do a lot with the fact that all of the soldiers and their people that would be protecting the community were probably very drunk and they were like there's no oversight committee. <laughs> so they're yeah. Just, they're so well, drunk. There's that there's that plus you're also getting every you said you're getting everyone to leave their homes. Yeah, so the homes are completely empty, no one's there to watch over it. Yeah, so to have trust that you could leave your home because this is also a time before locks. Yep. Like locks are actually a pretty modern invention. <laughs> Um, all those different things back in the day you used to always just have one person left behind or you just be like, well, if somebody gets in, somebody gets in. Yeah. We don't, what are they going to steal? They might steal our one the good hay, pot. The hay on the floor. We no, sleep they might up. steal our one good, good if iron someone pot. someone stole my good pot. Yeah. I would burn their They house might steal down. my copper pot. Um, so a lot of documents also mention that like these, again, three to six days, it really depends on what you're looking at historically, three to six days. Um, it's a lot of drinking alcohol in excess. It's a lot of eating. It's yeah. a lot of like really gluttonous feasts. It's this a lot is, of good time. This is kind of amazing because like there's there's a lot of lore about the Druids. And it truly is lore because we actually don't have a lot of history about mm -hmm. them. Uh, because so much of the the Druids weren't written down. Yeah. Um, and a lot of them uh, just, you know, killed themselves mm -hmm. when the Romans came in. Well, so yep. uh, Or the Romans killed them. It was kind of a combo, a dual combo thing either. Yeah. So it's actually interesting that it goes this deep in and Ireland then, with um, Halloween. And also, we'll get into it, but Catholics. Yeah. <laughs> so um, there was also this idea. So again, the drinking thing is really part of like the, the party part of Samhain. We're yeah. celebrating the harvest. Um, also, there is this belief system that once you reach a certain level of drunk, you would be able to communicate with the gods and the dead. Well, I mean, that's true. <laughs> that's just true. So I have, the, let me, let me tell like, you. Listen, if you just got to get drunk enough, then you'll be able to communicate with the, uh, the spiritual afterlife and like all yeah. this stuff. Well, if you eat the worm, you get superpowers. Okay. What? All right. We're not doing, we're not going to do that. You're not allowed to eat the worm. Okay. Well, not anymore. Yeah. Because I've already gotten superpowers. <laughs> so, um, because the, Celts believed that the barrier between the worlds was breachable during Samhain. They prepared offerings that were left outside of villages for the in the fields for fairies and uh, seeds. And now seeds has is like okay, listen, <laughs> we all know what a fairy is, right? We can picture a fairy in our mind. I'm about to read a whole book about them. Uh, yep, but the fairies that are in your book uh, that you're going to read are a little different than uh, these classic Celtic fairies. Okay. Um, the Celtic fairies were um, tricky. They were mean. Okay. And they were trying to kidnap you. Okay. And you had to do nice things to them so they leave you the fuck alone. Okay. Okay. There's another part of so that. So they're landlords? Okay. Well. <laughs> so <laughs> they live in the woods and you got to give them a little saucer of milk every day or they're going to be upset. Yeah. Um, okay. So there's also another 
type of fair fay fairy fay um type of thing called sid I, but they're also called sieg they're Again, the, the terminology, S-I-D-H-S or S-I-G-H-S or S-I-G-S. The, the translations go on and on. So, like, I don't know how to pronounce it. Yeah. It's another version of fairy. So, we're just going to go with fairy. Okay. Um, so, also, the Celts would dress as animals and monsters yeah. so that fairies were not t- uh, tempted to kidnap them. So, again, the fear is always that fairies are going to kidnap you. They're not Tinkerbells. Yeah. They're like medium-sized um, mischievous critters that live in the woods and want to kidnap you and your kids and take them into the holes under the trees. Okay. Okay, so it's bad. You don't want to get kidnapped. Yeah. So this is when they start dressing up during Samhain as animals and uh, ogres and monsters to so that the fairies wouldn't kidnap them. Gotcha. Okay. Um, there are some specific monsters and ghouls that are associated with the mythology surrounding Samhain. Including a shape-shifting creature called a puka that uh, receives harvest offerings from the field. So pukas, would like the puka shell, uh, but they're not. They're kind of what we would call a goblin today. Like okay. They're, they're a little, they're kind of little, but they're shape-shifters. They're considered to be bringers of bad fortune, but also good fortune. So this is where we're already going to get messed up. Oh, like a Rumpelstiltskin. Yeah. They could help or hinder hinder you. Um, they really like to stay in rural and marine communities. So pff, Ireland, all of it. Yeah. <laughs> we like to be in rural communities. Oh, yeah. And also marine communities. Okay, so you like to be in the middle of nowhere and by the ocean? Ireland it is. Yep. You're going to have a great time. Uh, puka can have dark or white fur or hair. The creatures were said to be shapeshifters. They could take the appearances of horses, goats, cats, dogs, or bunnies. Um, they also would take human form, um, but and but when they would take human form, it would have like features of animals. So like it'd be like a human with donkey ears type of thing. Oh, okay. So like they couldn't quite. So like they're like Odo. They they, they just can't nail it. They can't nail it. It's got that thing, the uncanny valley, valley. The uncanny valley. Okay. So like it's like oh, it's a. It's a person, but it's got you get goat legs. You're like, wait, what? Yeah, yeah. From a distance, they look normal. When you get a little yeah. closer, you're like, something's off. Why is his, why are his pupils square? Yeah. Oh, goats. Goat yeah. eyes are so weird. They're I love so goats, weird. but their eyeballs are so weird. Yeah. Okay, so that the no matter the shape the puka takes, its fur is almost always dark. So it's always going to be a black horse, a black goat, a black cat. Gotcha. Um, it most commonly takes the form of a sleek black horse. Uh, with a flowing mane and luminescent golden eyes, so okay. beautiful. The answer gotcha. is a beautiful horse. That sounds more like that. Also, sounds like a cat. <laughs> like it's a black horse with golden eyes. I'm like, yeah. oh, I see a black cat with gold eyes. Yeah. Um, this is the thing. Pukas are mischievous, and they're always trying to get uh, humans to like go with them on like, like I want to call them adventures, but like they like if they were a horse, they'd be like, get on. You want to go for a little ride? Oh, let's go for a little ride. You want to go for a little ride? Yeah. And so the thing is, is like they, you got on there, they are going to take you for a ride. And it's like, that's their mission. And that's how you wake up in Boston. (laughs) (laughs) So their whole thing was that they wanted to confuse and terrify humans. And so there's also this other type of kind of mythical beast called a Kelpie, which would also... I've heard of these. They would very similarly shapeshift 
trick you into like uh going into the water with them so it'd be like yeah. a mermaid yeah. or some type of ocean thing they'd be like come on let's go for a swim or ride on my back i'm a dolphin and then you'd get in the water and then they drown you immediately and eat you yeah the, the that's which is which is what the dolphin would do yeah a real dolphin would the do real that. dolphins actually do that i think that they might have just seen dolphins and yeah they're like eh, i don't know what to call that that's <laughs> a fucking kelpie <laughs> also these feel uh, it's also very funny because like you're describing these things to me and i'm like yeah, no, I know that one from D and know that one from Pathfinder. Like, I like, like I know of them, but like, you know, yeah. they've been, they've been, they've been tweaked slightly. Yeah. Uh, you know, for trademark purposes. <laughs> so. But yeah, the Kelpie was definitely. I definitely did a uh, a D and D game a while ago where I basically created a Kelpie <laughs> type of people. Uh, but yeah, they were really fucked up and just stealing sailors. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there were certain agricultural traditions that surrounded the puka. Okay. Um basically like i said there's this, this is a harvest festival and when the last of the crops are brought in we're, we're bringing in all the crops um whatever was left in the field right sometimes they would be like you know little pieces of this and that and like stuff that wasn't perfectly cultivated so it would just be left in the field yeah and they would do that on purpose everything left in the fields was considered to be for the puka this is our offering okay right um and they believed that by leaving a small share of the crop, this would placate the hunger of the creature. So it was called the puka share. Um, the puka share. <laughs> I know. It just sounds because you mentioned puka shell necklaces earlier. So it's just like the puka share. Um, and, and so November 1st yeah. was considered the one day a year that the pukas would behave civilly to a human. <laughs> Because they got on October thirty first, they got their their little field share, and on that one day, November first, they were you know you didn't have to worry about that the beautiful horses running around might be out here to get you. <laughs> oh, what about them beautiful black goats over there? Uh, nope. Oh, uh, oh, November first. Um, November first, the other day they pushed back. So then the, the other thing I found out this was interesting. Real, real quick though, yeah. just because you mentioned the puka share, it does remind me very much of like I think it's in the Bible where. Uh, the uh, the Old Testament, you're supposed to leave like a tenth of your field, yeah, for the poor. Exactly, it's just that that general idea of leaving behind. Listen, you don't you don't need all of it. Mm-hmm. You don't need all of it. Take what you need. Leave the rest and leave leave some behind because other people are going to need it. It's just amazing how like as a culture, yeah, uh, you know, through our our current world, we don't believe that about anything anymore. There isn't any of leaving who is sitting the we? aside. Who is the we? Uh, the is greater- the we in the room with us? Okay. Okay. All right. So, also, in some parts of Ireland, it was believed that, at, okay, so whatever was left of the harvest that was left for them, um, that was the puka share, right? But also, it was believed that after November, uh, certain wild fruits were considered inedible and unsafe. Because the pukas would have defecated or spit on on them, so it's like this idea that like November second, they're like, yeah, thanks for this, but then they go around spitting on everything else, and you can't eat it. Yeah, I think this might have just been like, hey, funguses are growing, and they didn't know what fungus was, but they're like, the pukas must have poisoned these. Well, and again, <laughs> not to tie it back to Old Testament shit, but it's the same thing with uh, kosher ideas. You know, yeah. like the reason you don't you would need shell certain shellfish is because of red tide. Yeah, and because we don't have refrigeration, so you're like, hey, stop eating shrimp. Every time you eat shrimp, somebody dies from shitting themselves to death. <laughs> well, don't eat it. Why? I don't know. God said. Oh, yeah. okay. Oh, God said. Because listen, you have to tell me God told me to not eat shrimp. Yeah. Because I've had shrimp. 
and I love them. No, same I thing with bacon. I suck. all these different things where they're like, don't do that. I'm like, all right, like rats. Yeah, I'm not gonna eat rats. No, they're not delicious. Um, no, I just I I always heard that you know you shouldn't eat um anything they can carry its house on its back because you don't know the last day time it was cleaned. Oh, that's pretty good. That's a good saying. It's from Drop Dead Gorgeous. Oh, uh, <laughs> I've I read, yeah. I read that there's kings in the forest, and if they poop in it, they poop in the vegetables. Mm. If you pick them after November first, it's just full of their shit. So anyway, there's other spooky characters we have. Oh, from Samhain. Okay. There's Lady Gwyn, who's a headless woman dressed in white who chases night wanderers. She's a often described as a forlorn woman who appeared dressed in all white and was sometimes headless, always evil and vindictive. <laughs> <laughs> she was pretending she would pretend to be a lost soul and she would lure people, usually men. Um, and when she would catch them wandering at night, my favorite part about her other than just like uh, tricking wandering men yeah. and being known as evil and vindictive, no matter what um, she had, she was always accompanied by a black pig. Huh. She, so like in all of the imagery of her is just like this woman in a white gown. Sometimes she's headless. Sometimes she's not. But she always has a little friend. She always has a little black pig next to her. Okay. And I was like, listen, she got a friend. I like that. That's- I like when people have a sidekick, even <laughs> even when they're weird, spooky ooks. Yeah. That's <laughs> wild. I like that. Uh, my also my favorite part about this, though, is, you know, oh, yeah, she's always evil. She's always tricking men. I'm like, well, you also told me that every man was hammered. <laughs> So what do you see? It could have been five fly- fireflies. It could have been five luminescent bugs at night. Like, I'm a fuck it. And then they fall into a pit and they drowned. Got him. Yeah. Oh, must have been must have been Gwen. Lady Gwen. Must got have been him. Lady Gwen. Got Lady him again. Gwen got him again. Okay. Okay. So then we another a little ooky spook we have is uh, the Dulhan. It's spelled D-U-L-L-A-H-A-N. Dulhan. Okay. He is a headless man on horseback who carried his head, riding a flame-eyed horse, and he was his appearance was considered an omen of death to anyone who encountered him. Okay, so he's just a headless horseman. This is the origin. Okay, or, uh, this is we found him. Okay, the um, Dulhan. The Dulhan used a human spine as a whip. That's badass. <laughs> I like this. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it was ext- the extracted from a corpse of someone he had killed. Well, I'd expect it to be. And that's what he whipped um, the horse with. It's got to be a strong spinal cord. Um, in later years, the stories of the Dulhan's appearance often developed near graveyards or charnel vaults uh, where wicked aristocrat Charnel Chris- vaults. Charnel vaults where wicked aristocrats would be reputed to be buried. Actually, I did a little sub note on charnel vaults because yeah. I didn't know what the fuck that was. Yeah. So I have a little, I have a little note here about it. Okay. You know what it is? Uh, I have a general idea. But... So a charnel house or vault is a building where human skeletal remains were stored. It was often built near churches or cemeteries and used for depositing bones that were unearthed when digging graves. So basically, in countries where um, the ground suitable for burial was scarce... Corpses that had been buried for five years would be dug up, put in the vault. The bones would be put in the vault, and then the burial places would be reused. Yeah. Because, again, if you're on an island... Well, okay, so that's like in New Orleans where we get the term, uh, give them the shaft. Exactly. Yeah, so for our listeners out there who don't know, 
in New as if, you know, you might be old enough to remember Hurricane Katrina, reminded you that New Orleans is at or just below sea level. Mm-hmm. So because of that, they can't bury people in the ground. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, when that floods, suddenly there were bodies floating down the street. Yeah. And so that became a big problem. So they built the uh, above ground mausoleums. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the, the more wealthier families would have a family mausoleum. And what you do is you'd put a body in there, right? So you have, you know, a whole generation of people and they're in there. Well, after a couple generations, you're like, well, it's getting full. What do you do? Well, they have a center pit. Mm-hmm. And what they would do is they would push the bones of a dead relative that everyone has kind of forgotten or has had their time mm-hmm. being up there. They would push their bones into the center pit. And so they'd fall down this shaft into the center pit. And then you put the new body in there. Mm-hmm. So that's where the term getting the shaft comes from. Open that pit up. That's different. That's different. Open that pit up. <laughs> so. But you see, you were like, oh, no, this is just more goofy. You're talking about a man. Okay. Whipping a horse. With a spinal column yep. while carrying his old head. Yeah. How is this not fucked over? <laughs> so instead you're like, it's just spooky. It's spooky. So he's using the corpse the corpse column of his victims. So uh, uh, the Dulhan is not always a mounted horseman in some of the lore. Sometimes he appears as a headless coachman who drives a horse-drawn carriage out of graveyards or opposite into graveyards. So if he, if you see him on ho- during a uh, Sawim, uh, and he's uh, driving a carriage, he's coming yeah. to take your ass. Oh, to the cemetery. Yeah. Um, also, so- it was uh, one last thing is he was also noted noted in like some of the lore, the stories, is he would lash the horse furiously. So this is mostly when he's a ca- coachman versus when he's a horseman. Yeah. When he's a coachman. He is like lashing the horse really aggressively with the spine to go faster. Whipping him. And the thing was, is that he would strike witnesses blind. So like if you ever saw the coachman and he didn't want you to see him. Yeah. His lashing, he would always accidentally, in quotes, hit your ass in the eyeballs. Yeah. With his spinal column whip um, causing you to go blind. And it was believed this was the wrath of him because he couldn't. See, because he's headless. You know what's crazy? Mm. It was uh, that period in the early 2000s when the Dulhan uh, got really into new metal and rode a motorcycle. <laughs> and he would come to the ring to American Badass by Kid Rock. Okay. And also Rolling by mm-hmm. uh, Limp Biscuit. Is this Nicolas Cage? Who no. Who are you describing? I'm not describing the Dulhan. Okay. Um, Keep rolling, rolling, <laughs> rolling. You're saying he has different different appearances different, in different that, eras. I'm saying this you're, is very much like the Undertaker. So some people believe that the headless horseman, the the whole Dulhan, yeah, the yeah. whole Dulhan headless horseman is actually from the story of Krom Dub, which I cannot say C R O M D U B H, which is like a whole thing. I could do a whole episode on him. He is the the Celtic kind of god that went up against against saint patrick oh so when saint patrick came to ireland and he was fighting the pagans there's one god who he really went against and that there some people believe that the headless horseman as the original headless horseman was uh crom dub running from saint patrick but then uh going around but it's like it's weird because all of it is like uh, Catholic propaganda at a certain point <laughs> yeah. of like St. Patrick went in and told the pagans what to do. Um, 
So, but also wasn't I don't know my St. Patrick history too much, but I don't even know if he ever even made it to Ireland. Yeah, it's, like in reality, like yeah, I don't so. think like it's it's one of those crazy ones because like you'll hear like St. George and the Dragon, right? Mm-hmm. And like you know St. George's Cross, and he's the patron saint of England. He he was in Lebanon. He never even made it to. Yeah, he never made it out of the Middle East. Listen, so I it gets, do it a gets whole so episode weird on saints. There's so much lore. Oh, you're gonna. Oh my god! And I can we have that guy that makes the fun tassels? Can I have him on? Okay, I if you can, if him. he'll talk to you, <laughs> I need to call him. He's yeah, great. no, I love I love Catholic saints yeah. because they're all insane. Yeah, listen. And the deeper you go into them, you're like, why? <laughs> and then they'll torture the person. They're like, oh, what happened to them? Oh, they got poked. Uh, they got shot with sixty arrows and then yeah. lit on fire. Oh, that's why they're the, the patron saint of arrow makers. You're <laughs> yeah. like, but why would they? Why would they only listen to the people who make the weapons that kill them? Like, I don't know. That's... Why don't you ask Jesus Christ, patron saint of carpentry? <laughs> what? Um, you got taken out by wood. Actually, he's not the patron saint of carpentry. His uh, father, Saint Joseph, was. Oh, okay. Well, that was a big old joke I was making. Well, you didn't have to. You didn't have to know actually sorry. me. Sorry. Um, okay. So anyway, you just turned into a white guy in a Twitter <laughs> comment. <laughs> Uh, actually, his dad was a patron saint of carpentry. I was just trying to think of famous deaths. <laughs> so, All right, it'd be like making JFK the patron saint of okay, book bop, depositories. Bop, 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 bop. Book depositories so, is what I was gonna say. During Samhain, you had to look. Uh, the other thing, oh, so during Samhain, you have to keep your eyes peeled. Peel. Your eyes peeled in the sky okay. at all times. You're oh. having a good time. You're doing your harvest. You're out there. You're drinking. You're eating a lot of food, but you better keep your eyes peeled on the sky. Okay. Because there were groups of hunters known as the slog, spelled S-L-U-A-G-H, slog, or called fairy hosts, which would try to kidnap people. Okay. I think that might be the slough, but all right. Yeah, let's say that. Okay. Slough. So the slough is compa- uh, composed of the souls of the dead flying in the air. Um, on the feet on Halloween, they would take uh, what was described as a crescent form, similar to like birds, and they would approach and pick up people from any direction and transport them far away into the air from one island to another, um, and you would disappear forever because the slough came and got you. Okay. Um, so they're just big birds. No, watching. this is they're they're flying dead spirits. No, I get that, but it, they're acting like big birds. Yeah, because they're just they're just coming down with their big two talons. They're grabbing you and, and ripping you out into the you, sky. They're taking you away, and they're taking you to a, another island. Another island. They're just like, oh, just. And honestly, for some, <laughs> I bet for some of them at the time, like that sounds great. <laughs> it's like both a curse and a and a and a treasure. <laughs> Anywhere else but here. Uh, as the Middle Ages progressed, so did the celebrations of the fire festivals, uh, bonfires known as. Okay, wait. Okay, this is the thing. They the the name of Samhain changes uh, through the Middle Ages, right? Okay, and the, they it starts to be called. I cannot even begin to think of how to pronounce this, but I changed it in my notes because it sounded so much funnier to Saunanigans. <laughs> because it was like known as a party more, so I was like, oh, they're up to Saunanigans, <laughs> but. It's like uh, the beginning of Samhain, but then it says N H N A I G N S. It's insane. Let I, me. Do you have it written out? No. 
No. Okay. I just changed it to sound enigans to make I, myself I giggle. I wanted to give it a try. No. Okay. I just changed it to make myself okay. giggle. So so Samhain turns into sound enigans. Sound enigans. Um, Somebody out there like actually knows uh, Gaelic. Or oh my god! Edith, please write in. And they I, number one, I apologize. Number they two, are losing me. their mind. <laughs> number two, correct me. Number three, thank you so much for listening. Okay. This is like that recording of Benedict Cumberbatch when he can't pronounce penguins. <laughs> Wait, what? You never heard that? No. There, I'll play it for you during the break. Okay. There is a, it's it's him and he is voicing like Planet Earth or one of those. How does and he say it wrong? You, you were gonna be shocked. <laughs> okay. Um, so here's the thing: when we get to the Middle Ages, these fires um become more, they become closer to the households. So instead of the whole people going out into the community, the fires, the big bonfires, start to become closer to the the houses where people lived. Uh. The idea, again, to protect you from fairies and now witches. Oh. So you got to create the fires closer to home to make sure that the fairies and the witches don't get you. We also start to see in the Middle Ages um, carved turnips called jack-o'-lanterns begin to appear. Oh. They were attached to strings and embedded with coal. So they'd put a little bit of coal in them to light them up. Because turnips are nowhere near as big as pumpkins. Yeah. And okay. if you've ever seen them, there's like historical like images of the turnips. They're the funniest thing. They look like little shrunken heads. Oh. Because as they dry out, they shrink even more. Because <laughs> so yeah, because they had a coal in them too. Yeah, so they shrink them. So they look crazy. It's so funny. Uh, later traditions, obviously, we're switching to pumpkins. But again, we're using... Uh, a squash well turnips are a root veg but oh man those are terrifying <laughs> they're gross right i just pulled one up this is... <laughs> oh, they got little teeth so imagine those being uncovered and like hanging from strings outside of with a house. their little glowing eyes yeah. oh my god <laughs> oh this is terrifying um also in the we start to see more games associated with uh Samhain as uh, the Middle Ages come around. Because again, we're starting to become more of a party, okay? More of a party in like the idea of like smaller events in homes and smaller groups. But so one of the things that started happening is fireworks, okay? Okay. Also, uh, noisemakers, just being really loud, making noise. Yeah. And in Wales, uh, actually, there was a start of a game where men would toss burning wood at each other. They had a wood... Wood, lit wood toss in lit Wales. Lit wood toss. Okay. The Welshmen were going wild out because here. they didn't have potatoes yet. Yeah. So they're that. This is an early form of a hot potato. Yeah, they're playing hot potato, but with wood that's been lit on fire. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's the Welsh. Yeah. Um, that's just men. Yeah, just guys. That's just, just guys. That's just guys being bros. Bros being bros. Hey, hey, do you want to go out t- outside? Oh, you want to toss the old football? Nah, we haven't invented football yet. Oh, you want to play some cornhole? Nah, we haven't invented cornhole yet. What do you got? I got this flaming pile of wood. <laughs> Want to throw it at each other? Hell yeah, dude. I Let's I, go. I bet I could throw it better than you could throw it at me. So I'm sure you've heard of uh, bobbing for apples, right? Yeah. So How is this sinister? Well, here's the thing. It's not sinister. Bobbing your apples, bobbing for apples, which is, you know, you fill a barrel with cold water and then you put apples in it and then you got to dunk your head and try to bite the apples. That What actually was... Uh, started it was a game called Snap Apple, which is a little different. Snap Apple. Snap Apple. Okay. And so with Snap Apple, what they would do is actually take an apple and put it on a string and hang the sh- uh, hang the string from a stick uh, from the ceiling. And what happened on the top of the stick, they put a lit candle. And so you would be 
re- you would be kind of lunging upwards to try to bite the apple. And if you made any mistake, too slow, too fast, whatever, when you if you grab the apple wrong from the string, it would actually burn you with hot wax. <laughs> and that was what Snap Apple was. Wait. Okay. So they have basically a stick sticking out of the wall. Uh-huh. Like a long flat stick with a candle on it. Yep. And the goal was to bite an apple Hanging from without a pulling the stick. Yeah. Because that's going to tip the candle. Yeah. And then you're like, ah, I got wax in my eye. Yep. Holy shit. Yeah. Snap apple. That's where bobbing for apples came from. They were like, Someone was like, why don't we replace this with water? Yeah. Well, because I'm sure somebody's house burned down. <laughs> There's no way someone's house didn't burn down. You're building a fucking spring catapult. <laughs> With a lit candle that you're flinging at the wall. Uh, yeah. This is insane. So um, it was also expected that this time of year that your ancestors might cross over during this time as well. Cross over to where? Well, because the veil is so thin. Oh, they might come back? They might come visit you. Oh, gross. Right? So Stay away from me, old timers. <laughs> so The only thing we think around this time of year is voting okay. in local municipal elections. All right. So listen... This is uh, where we get the tradition of dumb supper. What? Yep, dumb supper. What? What is this? What are you talking about? Okay, so dumb supper, like D U M B, dumb supper. Yeah, I understand the concept of um, dumb. This begins where, uh, as part of Sawim, families wanted to invite their ancestors to join in dinner. Okay. Because again, the veil's thin. Your ancestors are going to come through. They're going to come visit you, and this is going to give you your family a chance to interact with the spirits. So what they would do is they would, um, at night, they leave all the doors and windows open for the dead to come in, and they would make a whole supper that would be left out, a dumb supper, but that's just for the spirits to come and eat. So like the family that's, that lives there, they'll eat their supper, but there'd be like a table next to them filled with food, laid out, Okay. but it's just for the spirits. This of is like ancestors. leaving a place for Elijah, the prophet Elijah, to come to your table. Yeah. The same general idea. Um. Also, they would um, prepare small baked cakes marked with crosses and they would be set out uh, usually on like windowsills or on small tables outside as offerings to the dead. And they were called soul cakes. Okay. And so some historians believe that these cakes work what uh, will inevitably uh, inspire hot cross buns. Have you ever had a hot cross bun? (laughs) I'm just thinking of the song. I don't know what that is. Hot cross buns, hot cross buns, like that song. No, I don't know. I got a lot to play you during the break. Um, no. So hot cross buns are like this delicious uh, bun that you get during Easter time. No, I know. I know what a hot cross bun is, but there's also a song that's very. Okay. So again, this is where we see this intersectionality, though, of uh, Catholicism and pagans. Because the pagans are making these soul cakes with little crosses on them as an offering for the dead to come to dumb dinner. Um, But then we see them later being used by Christians as a way to honor Jesus. And there's like a lot, like again, getting deep into the weird stuff I learned in Catholic school. But like hot cross buns, like the spices that they use in them are supposed to be the same spices they use in embalming. And like orange peel reflects the bitterness of his time on the cross. There's a lot to it. But again, it, it could just come from this pagan tradition. <laughs> okay. Um, instead of letting the food go to waste, people typically shared their uneaten ghost food 
with the less fortunate. Um, so hungry people would make their way around going door to door asking for the spirit leftovers. Medieval poor people, including children, would approach homes on uh, Samhain, or it starts to get called All Hallows Tide, All Hallows Tide, um, and ask for something to eat in return for a song and a prayer. The people who begged for these foods were called solars. Solars? Solars. S-O-U-L-E-R. No, I I understand. I just like, wait, okay, wait, hold on. Mm -hmm. So you mean to tell me trick-or-treating? Is corporatized begging? Yeah. That's my next sentence. By the Middle Ages, once most pagan holidays have been adopted and uh, tweaked by Christians, this is where we see the early trick-or-treating emerge. Uh, (laughs) Okay. All right. Do you want to take a break? Yeah. I mean, like, I always knew that. Like, and weirdly, like, I, I always, I never, no one's ever actually told me that information. But I weirdly always just had a feeling that what you just said was true. Mm-hmm. That like yeah, this had to have started out somewhere. Yeah, of like, hey, give me some candy. Yeah, but like it used to have to not been candy. It was soul cakes. It was these little cross yeah. cakes, which are sweet. Yeah, they're sweet. They're sweet buns. Whew. All right. With that, let's go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, you're gonna tell me what? More stuff. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And we're back. Yeah, we're back. Yeah. Okay, so where we left off. I was just going to say I got a snack. Okay. And I let the dog out. Yep. And then I sat down. Mm-hmm. And honestly, this episode's making me feel a lot better already. Yeah. I was thinking about it during the break. Like mm-hmm. uh, an, an imaginary headless man <laughs> whipping a horse that may or may not also be a fairy. Yep. Uh, with uh, the spinal column of a corpse that he may or may not have found. Yep. Because he's the embodiment of a dead god that fought St. Patrick. Yep. That, much less depressing than the last episode. <laughs> I was like, that's whimsical. Yeah. 
That's the type of whimsy that I come to on this podcast to take my name, take my mind off of all the horrors of the world. Exactly. We're trying to have a good time. Yeah. Okay. So listen, where did we leave off? Oh, uh, poor people begging for food. Yeah. Poor people begging for food. So there's Whimsical. That. Whimsical. Okay. So, so they're begging for the food and then people are like, hey, well, I have leftover. I have leftover cakes that I made for my dead great grandmother. And meals. They left out full meals. Yeah. Okay. So... What actually happens is historically this idea of these groups of people in the Middle Ages that were called solars that are going door to door during Samhain to ask for the leftover food from the dumb dinner. Yeah. Um, this is actually the birth of mumming. Mumming? Uh-huh. Really? Mumming. Okay. So to our listeners yeah. who may not know about one of the biggest Philadelphia traditions of all time. A Mummer's Day Parade. Um, the Mummer's Day Parade was uh, started by Irish immigrants um, and then uh, adopted by Italian immigrants. And actually, it became like a huge melting pot. Yeah. Uh, really kind of, I don't want to say personifies, but it, in a lot of ways it does, like the city of Philadelphia. Yeah. It's like, has all the immigrants involved. They all put their uh, different niches in it. It's got a lot of energy, a lot of drunken stuff. And man... Man, does it have a lot of uh, stuff that is horrible about it as well. <laughs> yeah. Just so very Philadelphia. Yeah. If you ever want to see a transphobe cross dress, mm-hmm. this is your time. Yeah. Uh huh. That yeah. is true. Yeah. And, uh, you know, do you want to see a man? Do you want to see a man who screams, hey, stop trying to show that filth to my kid as he publicly urinates in front of children? Yeah. Mummer's Day Parade. Mummer's Day Parade. Yeah. Do you want to you want to uh, watch a grown man try to convince you that uh, blackface should be allowed? Oh, because he'll be hey hey it's not blackface i used green paint yeah that's an actual argument that i've seen take place in philadelphia newspapers yeah with and the mayor had to get involved yeah and be like we're gonna cut it off we're (laughs) gonna stop doing this parade if you guys can't get it together all right we're gonna you know what we're gonna we're gonna reverse the parade this year yeah you walk in the other direction yeah it really (laughs) fucked them up it (laughs) really did they actually had counter protests where they walk the opposite direction (laughs) But they're also drunk. But yeah, they don't know what they're doing. They didn't know what happened. Yeah. Anyway, so the idea of mumming yes. uh, originates from the idea of groups of friends and family who would dress in disguise and visit homes in their community um, during the 12 days of Christmas. So this um, Samhain bleeds into the Christmas holiday, right? Yeah. Um, and the mummers at this time would be welcomed into a house Again, they're in costume and they would do uh, informal performances, dance, music, jokes. Uh, They would recite uh, poems and stories. And this we see in like the modern modern Mummer's Day Parade. There's all these different parts of it. There's string bands. There's the comedy. um, Oh, my God. I'm going to get roasted for not remembering this right now. Um, there's all these different types of mummers. And so they're like, there's the big string bands that play the music. There's the guys that do the comedy skits. There's the guys that just march and run around like froggy with the little froggy car. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there's all different things. And so this all comes from this original idea of like dancing, music, jokes. Um, and so the hosts would welcome the mummers into their homes, offering them food and drink. And then you would try to guess their identity because the mummers are uh, in costume, a lot of them cross-dressing. So it was like part of it is that the men would be wearing their wives' dresses. Um, and, you know, that was that was part of the whole bit. Yeah. And 
this actually still happens um in philly to this day if you go to two street um which is second street um in penn sport at the end of the parade everyone that lives on two street will leave their doors unlocked um and invite you in and they'll have like oh my god 87 crock pots of uh fucking meatballs so, so many kibasis. So many. So many kibasis. And so you can just go walk up and down the neighborhood, go into somebody's house. Somebody will give you a sandwich, sit down, get to talk to everybody. So this whole idea starts uh, within Samhain, but then gets moved to Christmas. Again, because Christians are bringing Christianity in, things are getting shifted to different holidays. Yeah. So while you've been talking, I went in, I just went to Google Images, right? Mm-hmm. And I typed in Mummer's Parade. Yeah. And it, it, it took me to a couple of different things. But along the top, you know, when you first get there, when you first go to it, it's going to show you the string bands, what Mrs. P is talking about, mm-hmm. especially the big fancy brigades and like the, 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 the flashy costumes yeah. of modern day Philadelphia. Now, part of that's also because of where I am Googling this from, because Google knows that I'm near Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. However, as you go across the top here, they'll have different things when you type in Mummer's Parade. And as you start going over, if you go to Canada... Mm-hmm. Canada is the classic Mummer's Parade of what you're talking about. Yeah. And then if you go even deeper and you start looking at... at uh, Christmas traditions, Mummers festivals, those different types of things. You start to realize it's more about obscuring your face, yeah, and more about having a mask on. While the Philadelphia Mummers Parade is more about not really obscuring your face and really just showing off all your fancy feathers. Yeah, fancy feathers and, and your fancy gold spangles. Shoes. Yeah, gotta have gold shoes, gold shoes, all those different things. But this is all just how these different things grow. One over of the time. historical landmarks of Philadelphia is when you walk down Broad Street the day after New Year's Day, you will see hundreds of uh outlines of shoes with gold well there'll be gold spray paint with shoe shoe outlines all over broad street because all the mummers are spray painting their shoes sparkly gold yep <laughs> so you just and, and it's and it's it's not the, any particular shoe it's yeah. just like their white new balances that yeah. they wear to work whatever yeah, whatever yeah. listen we all gotta have gold shoes gotta have gold shoes yep um okay so what like just what you said they're keeping their faces obstructed they're going in, they're putting on these little skits, and then the neighbors, the friends, have to guess who it is. Yeah. So like, yo, it's fucking Tommy. Uh, that's definitely Tommy. And then as soon as they like make their guesses after the thing, everybody takes off their face uh, masks and disguises, and then they hang out and get drunk. Yeah. And then sometimes they move to the next home. So the tradition lives. It's just, uh, pfft, I could do a whole episode on the Mummers Day Parade, but I'm not going to. So as Christianity gained a foothold in the pagan communities, church leaders attempted to reframe Samhain and make it into a Christian celebration. Yeah. Uh, the first attempt was from Pope Boniface in the 5th century. He moved the celebration to May 13th. Oh, uh, that's pronounced Bonerface. Okay, yeah, Bonerface. So he <laughs> Wait, moved no, I'm it- joking. It's Boniface. <laughs> I just was joking. No, about. I know. I know you're joking. Oh, okay. But I I think he's a boner face for moving Halloween to May. Well, yeah. Because that's lame. Yeah. It I needs agree to be there. a little bit chilly out. It does need to be chilly. And you need to have the leaves. The leaves need to be dying. You need to be you need to be crunching on leaves. There needs to be a little bit of death in the air for Halloween. And you need to eat a mallow cup. You can only eat mallow cups once a year. Yeah, that's really a Halloween only. It's Halloween only. And you can't eat remember, a mallow cup in May. Remember that time when I got a bag of mallow cups and it was like earlier in the year and yeah. both of us agreed. Like we threw out half the bag. Couldn't do it. You it, can was, only it was kind of gross. You can only eat them during Samhain. <laughs> it really can only eat them. Yeah. It has um, to be end of October, beginning of November. If you tell me you want me to eat a mallow cup in May, I'm going to be upset. Yeah. Um, so he tried to make it a day to celebrate the saints and martyrs. 
Um, moving it away from fire festivals. Boo. Boo. Lame. Um, this sounds like a fire festival. F Y R E. Whoa. In the ninth century, however, Pope Gregory uh, moved the celebration back to the time original time of fire festival, so October area. <laughs> Let's go. Um, but he declared November first All Saints Day, and all November second All Souls Day. Those are church days. Yeah. So you had to go to church at least on All Saints Day. I think I had to go to church growing up. Um, so he's keeping he's keeping the the hey this is really about saints this is really about yeah saints yeah. not every dead person no not your family's dead no. this is about the church's dead you're gonna the get martyrs. away from that yeah you're gonna yeah. get away from that we gotta get back to uh, God and the gotcha. martyrs gotcha um, neither new holiday did away with the pagan aspects of the celebration um, October thirty first becomes known as All Hallows Eve and or Halloween. Um, and contain and still contains much of the traditional pagan practices. Um, and okay, so what happens is in the 19th century, when uh, Irish immigrants come to America, they bring All Hallows Eve. So okay. they, they bring Samhain with them. It's in the context of Catholicism in a lot of ways. Yeah. But they're still bringing the pagan traditions. Um, and that's where we get the trick or treating and the carved pumpkins and all of like the idea of a headless horseman and Sleepy Hollow. Yeah. Like all of these things. This is all started from Irish immigrants. Right. Yeah. But here's the thing. What? Well, as I was doing my research. I, of course, was looking at a perspective of what I knew growing up. Yeah. Um, but across the world, mm-hmm. this is something that ke- that we see in almost every culture. Every culture has something like this. And so when I looked in ch- um, at h- the history of uh, people in China and like what they did, they have a, f- a ghost festival called Teng Chai, which we sometimes call the Lantern Festival now. The Ghost Festival is a traditional Chinese holiday celebrated on the 15th day of the 7th lunar lunar month. Um, and the Buddhists in China believe that the Ghost Festival originated from the scriptures of Buddhism. But many of the ceremonies and traditions originate from Chinese folk religion and other folk uh, traditions. So the Ghost Festival is said to occur the day when the ghosts of hell roam the earth seeking food and entertainment. Okay. Um, the ghosts are believed to be your ancestors uh, or those who you have forgotten to pay tribute to them after they died or they were never given a proper uh, burial or ritual send off. They have uh, they're described as having long, thin necks because they haven't been fed by their family. Oh, family members offer prayers, food and drinks and burn um, banknotes, uh, paper houses and paper cars to please the ghosts. Yeah, I've heard about I've heard about the burning of like the fake banknotes. Yeah. And stuff like that. I've heard about that one. And uh it is funny. It it's it's very funny that, you know, obviously different cultures come to things it's that parallel thought. Mm-hmm. Come to things around the same time. But this would lead in if I was if I was really crazy, I'd be mm-hmm. like, you know why they all believe that? Mm-hmm. Lemuria. Oh my god. Because the lemurs told them to. Lotus-shaped lanterns are lit and set afloat rivers to guide the lost spirits through the sea. Uh-huh. And this also allows forgotten ancestors to go back to hell. <laughs> That's literally a quote, back to hell. I think there is some lost in translation situations happening here. Yeah. Um, additionally, during this evening, incense is burnt in the front doors and some shops uh, close. Um, cl- oh, I'm sorry. Some shops close but leave their windows and doors open 
um, so that the spirits can come in and out. Fresh fruit is put out in windowsills, altars of incense. Uh, monks and priests would hold semi- uh, ceremonies to relive the pain of the spirits released from hell. And it is believed that ghosts are released when the uh, night comes to an end. They also throw rice in the air to distribute food to the ghosts. Um, during the festival, there are nu- numerous taboos that are believed to bring bad luck to- or attract spirits. For instance, people aren't allowed to pick up money or wear red because it's believed to attract ghosts. You're not supposed to step, it- step on or accidentally kick any of the offerings, so the food that might be on the street. If they're... Um, if that was to happen, you have to immediately apologize out loud and beg for uh, forgiveness so you don't disrespect the ghosts. So this is a lot of yelling, sorry, ghosts. Sorry, ghosts. <laughs> if you like step on the rice or the fruit that's outside. So again, I just like uh, the correlation here. It's like yeah. your ancestors are coming back. We're putting out food. We're opening our windows. Again, it's s- similar times of year. The lunar calendars are really hard to line up um, from different... Um, different societies and calendars so like it was hard for me to try to figure out exactly what this was i do know that when you look up tang che it's t-e-n-g-c-h-i-e-h that also translates to lantern festival which is a different thing but i believe it's like it all comes from the same thing from what i was reading so like it used to be this ghost um the ghost festival and now yeah. it's more of a lantern festival where we see the beautiful tigers all lit up as lanterns and when people releasing the lanterns up into the sky yeah. and there's you know we've had because there's chinese lantern fa- um lantern festivals that happen around us yeah around here and like i think a lot more people have them in their community for sure um and they look really beautiful too with the lanterns taking off they're the so sky. fun yeah. um the other one that's a big one that i think i would be remiss to not bring up is uh dls de muertes Day of the Dead, mm. right? So this is a holiday traditionally celebrated on November 1st and 2nd, uh, right after Halloween. Um, this one also can go from October 31st to November 6th. So again, like a week potentially. Um, it's depending on the locality. So when we when I started to look at Mexico, different uh, areas celebrate differently and for different lengths of time. So it really just depended where you were from and your Mexican heritage, um, how long you celebrated the Day of the Dead. Okay. Um, The difference I would say with the Day of the Dead, there's a lot of differences, but then what maybe the Irish were doing is it has much less of a solemn tone. tone. It's like way more fun, joyful celebration rather than mourning, rather than fear. Like it's not like ooky spooky, we got to look out or we got to look out for our the spirits of our ancestors that are mad and going to drag us to hell like it's not that at all it's a, a celebration um indigenous mexican and ancient aztec influences um account for the customs and it has been a way to remember the remember mexican culture right so it's a mex a multi-day holiday involving family friends gathering to pay respects um to members who have died uh, these celebrations often take a humorous tone as celebrants remember family, funny events, anecdotes uh, about people that have departed. Uh, traditions connected with the holiday include honoring the deceased with, I'm going to ruin this one, uh, calaveras, which is sugar skulls, right? Mm-hmm. And marigold flowers. So you're always going to see marigold flowers okay. during the Day of the Dead. Um, they would build altars in their homes called offerendas which have the favorite food and beverages of the departed. 
So whatever your favorite food is, yeah, yours would be like uh, butterscotch crumpets and fireball. I'd put that on yours. Yeah, because um, you're really good at picking out gifts <laughs> for people. Yeah, gifts for people. Yeah. Um, and then sometimes certain uh, people don't do that at their house. They'd go to the graves and leave um, the a beautiful altar on the grave with their favorite gifts, their favorite food, mm-hmm. their favorite drinks. Um, now, the celebration is not solely focused on the dead. It's also common to give gifts to friends such as the sugar skulls or uh, pan de muerta, which translates to bread of the dead, which is... Uh, the gluten-free bakery I'm opening called Bread of the Dead. I have to do it. It's written in stone. Um, with so they give they give each other bre- uh, the pan de muerta to friends and family. And guess what? I'm gonna get into it. But pan de muerta is like a hot cross bun. <laughs> so um, the other thing that they would do is they write as like part of the jokes of that they're doing that day when they're celebrating with their family, they often write lighthearted and irreverent verses and make mock uh, epitaphs, the inscriptions on tombstones dedicated to their friends and loved ones. So like as part of the celebration for um, like when they're all hanging out, they start saying like, yo, you know, be on your tombstone. (laughs) That's like, and then they make up little like uh, rhymes about what would be on your tombstone, and this is like part of the holiday tradition. So instead of like writing, you know, what's the, what's the blurb you write in a high school yearbook? Yeah, of like, yeah, most likely to succeed, most yeah. likely, like, hey, you know what we're gonna say about you when you're dead? Yeah, here lies a fucking idiot. Yeah, <laughs> we gotta, we gotta make it rhyme. Yeah, and it's gotta be good. Yeah, okay, it's a good. Limerick. I'm gonna be one of those people that has like a cool recipe on their uh, headstone. Uh, let me see if I can play this real quick. Just okay, because go ahead. You keep, you keep saying you don't know what it is yeah that's hot cross buns you don't remember that no what was it from hot cross buns hot i, cross I can buns. read the wikipedia a page to a penny hot cross buns it's uh, a nursery rhyme it's a nursery rhyme yeah it says here, English. it's an English street cry, later perpetuated as a nursery rhyme and an aid in musical education. Oh, musical education. You didn't have one of those. Okay. Because so you went to Catholic school. There it is. Yeah. But yeah, it refers to- I was busy to, eating hot cross buns in Catholic school. I didn't have time to learn a song about them. It refers to the spiced English confection known as a hot cross bun, which mm-hmm. is associated with the end of Lent and is eaten on Good Friday in various countries. Yeah, I know. Uh, but yeah, it's a- uh, it's Except a in my family, we ate foshnots. Because we have the Polish-Russian side. So yeah. we eat hot cross buns at school and then knots at home. Lent. Or no, wait. The end of Lent. I'm getting confused. I have to get back to what I was talking about. Okay. So. You just kept bringing up hot, you just kept bringing up hot cross buns. I was like. No, because I think it's interesting. That everybody that has across them. the world. When yeah. we're talking about the beginning of harvest season where. Yeah. Across the globe, people are like, hey, this is the one time of year. This one week. Spirits can come through. And across the globe, they're like, and they really like this very specific type of bun. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's it's really interesting to me that it's well, across the way. It's also one of those things, too, where you, it's the beginning of the harvest season, right? Mm-hmm. Or the beginning or the end. I don't can't remember. It's the beginning of the harvest. Okay. Well, it's the last harvest. It's the last harvest, right? So before we're about to go in for winter. Yeah. So when you're going to start rationing and all those different things, and you know exactly how much food you have left, right? Yeah. So this is the extra. Yes, yeah, just like the- But that's why you're going to make it sweeter. That's why you're going to make it- you know, more fun. No, ghosts like it. 
Okay. okay. Have a good time. All right. So then, okay, here's the other thing. We're talking about the the inscriptions on the tombstones and how funny that is. There's also, okay, I'm going to fuck this up, a uh, thing called Calaveras Literas, which uh, translates to literary skulls. Yeah. Uh, it's a distinctive literary form that exists within this holiday where people write short poems, um, traditionally that rhyme, which are mocking and lighthearted epithets uh, dedicated to friends and classmates, living or dead, but also public and historical figures describing their interesting habits, attitudes, as well as comedic or absurd anecdotes that use death-related imagery. Um, And there's a lot of Grim Reapers involved. But, (coughs) pardon me, this custom originated in the 18th or 19th century, um, but it can be really pinpointed down to when this one newspaper published a poem narrating a dreamer who was in a cemetery in the future, which included the words, and all of us were dead. And then the the narrator proceeds to read all the tombstones of the people around him. Um, current newspapers today dedicate uh, Keller, oh my God, Calaveras to public figures. And they're often shown with illustrations with cartoon skeletons um and there's a really famous one by this uh, illustrator mexican illustrator named jose guadalupe posada um and he he drew this one image called la calavera catatrina and she's shown wearing a very fashionable 20th century hat uh posada's it's posada's most famous print called the elegant skull and it was intended as a criticism of the mexican upper class women who imitated european fashions and when he published it uh it was uh the the funny little antidote was about making fun of working class vendors who sold chickpeas um but dressed like europeans yes that's the picture yeah i just pulled it up and so Posada's image of this skeletal figure with the big hat with two big ostrich feathers and flowers, the marigolds, um, was made into big um, frescoes all across uh, Mexico. And actually, it is now considered like the image of the Day of the Dead. So Katarina figures, you'll see them everywhere for Day of the Dead. She is like the picture. Like that image was put on... uh, people's cars there's katarina themed artwork people have tattoos i even found a covid19 mask with her print on it (laughs) like she is part of the story now well it's also one of those things too because i'm looking at the image Mm -hmm. and like how that has spread it's also his art style yeah becomes an iconic part of of it to the point where you know this is this art style is very similar to what they use in the movie coco yeah. Oh, you know, Alex can't watch Coco. Fuck that movie. Um, cry. Yeah. Fuck that movie. Cried really hard. Yeah. I don't need to be fucking reminded of an Alzheimer's grandma. Mm. You know, when I'm sitting here with my own baggage with Alzheimer's grandmas. Yep. That's not how Alzheimer's again. Another movie where that's not oh, how Alzheimer's he's gonna start works. talking about the notebook. He's going to start. Fuck talking that about movie, the too. Oh, no. Alzheimer's doesn't fucking work that way. Oh, no, not the notebook. OK. OK. So, um, 
The traditionally people would build private altars called offerendas containing the favorite foods and beverages as well as photos and memorabilia of the departed. Yeah, I remember that from Coco. Okay, the intent was to encourage visits by their family members, by the souls. Um, and they would hope that, you know, again, leaving their uh, doors or windows open. Sometimes different uh, people would put altars in more public spaces such as schools and libraries so that it would be a more collective version of this where like you would hope all the souls would come to the main area of town. Yeah. Um, During the three day period, families would usually clean and decorate the graves of their loved ones with marigolds. These flowers are specifically thought to attract the souls of the dead um, because they're bright and they have a strong scent. And so the Mm. idea is that the smell of them can help guide souls from the cemeteries to their family's home. Um, Now, this is sad. Toys are brought to the dead children's graves. They're called uh, Los Los Angelitos, the little angels. So people would bring toys to children's graves, but they'd bring bottles of tequila or mezcal for adults. Yeah, uh, that's an adult toy. Yeah, uh, families would also offer Eat the worm. Also Eat the worm. offer trinkets for deceased favorite candies. There, there'd be like this is the one time here you can put anything and everything that your loved ones liked on there, right? Yeah. Um. Now, some people believe, okay, so in the offerendos, um, they're making the um, food. They're putting food on the offerendos always. It's your your loved one's favorite food. Um, so if they were really into pizza, you'd have a pizza out. And if they were really into, um, I don't know, butterscotch crimpets, there'd be many boxes of butterscotch crimpets. Yeah. So uh, th- they believe... Some people, I'm not going to say everybody, but they believe that the spirit of the dead eat the spiritual essence of the offerendos food. So they eat the spiritual essence of the food. So it's thought that when you eat that food after the celebrations, it has no nutritional value. It's calorie free. Calorie free, baby. So is this where we get Coke Zero from? (laughs) Is Coke Zero just regular Coke that that ghosts have drank Mm -hmm. between November 1st and November 3rd? That's what makes it different than Diet Coke. Okay. That's the difference between Coke Zero and Diet Coke. Yes, exactly. Diet Coke has aspartame. Mm -hmm. Coke Zero has been drank by spirits. By spirits. So therefore it has zero calories. Yeah. Use the offer code Promania five hundred. <laughs> We're never getting Coke money. Uh, listen, well, um, yeah, you know what? That was a very <laughs> that was a very pregnant sentence. We're never getting Coke money. Uh, oh wow! Pillows and blankets are also left out so the deceased can rest after their long journey home. Or maybe they just ate so much they need a little sleep. You gotta take a little nap. You ate so much. Yeah. Um, in some parts of Mexico, people spend all night beside the graves of the relatives. In many places, people have picnics at the grave sites as well. Um, one thing, tamales, oh my God, tamales are one of the most common dishes prepared on this day. So when it comes to day of dead, it's tamale day, baby. Okay. And Good I, to know. I don't know how many of our listeners have ever made a tamale. There's a reason it's a once in a while treat. It takes a lot of work. Yep. But they're so fucking delicious. Yes, they are. Oh my God. So, uh, tamales are the main dish of the day and the, uh, bread of the dead, pan de muerto, uh, sweet roll with a little cross on top, top with sugar. Also, very funnily enough, if you look at some of them, the cross that they put on top kind of has little bulbous ends at the end of each cross, so it looks like bones. So their cross looks a little bit more like two bones crisscrossed on the top. Love it. Big fan. Um, In addition to food and drinks, which are always an important part of these holidays, historically, the main alcoholic drink... um, 
was called pulque, but a lot of families drink hibiscus tea, which is, you know, delicious. Yeah. Fucking sweet tea. I'd love it too. Now, the other thing is there's other, I got really into the food on, dia, on, on Day of the Dead. I was like, oh, this food stuff. The, the Irish, I was like, we don't even have potatoes yet. Yeah. <laughs> potato. It was all pre-potato Irish. <laughs> so I was like, we don't, what are we talking about here? Yeah. Mexico, but Mexico always, always had potatoes. They, and also they had a good time. So. Yeah. Um, Mukbil Polo, I'm probably saying that wrong, Mukbil Polo, is the traditionally prepared food of October 31st um, to November 1st. It's eaten by the family for basically the whole week. And it's basically a giant tamale. I looked it up. It's a huge kind of circle, like a like if a tamale and a pizza got together. It's a flat round tamale. Okay. Pork lard, stuffed with pork or chicken, tomato, garlic, onions, uh, spices and tea leaves, but they're like a very specific type of tea leaf. Um, it's wrapped in um, banana leaves, steeped in uh, special sauces and meat broths and habanero chilies, and then uh, steamed in an underground oven for several hours. And then once it's fully cooked underground, it's they dig it up and you eat it for like the whole week. It looks amazing yeah i was like a giant i've never heard of this flat tamale but it's very specific to this holiday because you make it on the 31st and then you eat it for the whole week yeah and it has no calories because ghosts have snacked on it no calories and there's pork lard what a time to be alive yeah. or dead um <laughs> <laughs> see if the movie coco had just been about making that i'd be fine yeah it didn't have the grandma remembering her dead lover okay. at the end of the fucking oh, movie oh my god listen I didn't. I didn't want to talk about Coco because I know how how it. Hurt then why do you bring up the Day of the Dead? Because it's important to look at. The well, fact you know they're branded. So many cultures have this a similar no, thought process. No, you know that the Day of the Dead is forever branded in my mind. Okay, uh-huh. with Disney's movie Coco released in 2017, <laughs> and I did not know at the end of that fucking movie mm-hmm. that they were gonna have the grandma. Had okay. her memories come back? She's just sitting there. She's a husk of a person. Okay. And after he goes into the afterlife where his he grandfather does not is there. He handle Disney movies well. No, no, I don't handle Disney movies that don't handle Alzheimer's well. He doesn't. And dementia, okay? okay. okay? Yeah, I know. Right? I know. They could have put a content warning on there. Content mm. warning. If the movie The Notebook sent you into a rage. <laughs> oh, my God. Don't watch Disney's I Coco. I cannot describe to you how The Notebook infuriates him. So... There's a term, and I'm going to say it wrong. Okay. It's called calavreta. Calavreta? That is what they call children in costumes roaming the streets, knocking on people's doors, asking for small gifts of candy or money. They also ask passerbyers on the street. Similar to Halloween's trick-or-treating, but there is no component of mischief. So, like, if you don't give them a treat, they're not egging your house. Okay. (laughs) It's just like... It's very trick or treat, but it's also doesn't have the like. If you don't give it to us, we're toilet paper in your house. It's just it's more or less just or treat. Yeah, it's let's like, go right to or treat. But like, and also there's trinkets. It's not just yeah. candy. Um, again, like the one thing that I found really interesting is that a lot of traditions varied from town to town. For example, there's one town where um, it November on November first. Of the year after a child's death, the godparents set a table in the parents' home with sweets and fruits and pan de muerta um, and rosaries and candles and stuff. Um, And this is meant to celebrate the child's life in respect to the appreciation for the parents. There's also dancing in colorful costumes, um, often with the sugar skulls. 
at midnight on November 2nd, those those people in that family would then light candles and ride winged boats called mariposas um, to an island in the middle of a lake where they had the cemetery. So a big event every year, right? That seems like a lot. But that's only one town. And then yeah. if you look uh, at a different town, they would people would open their doors to visitors uh, in exchange for, oh my gosh, veladuras, which is a small wax candle. So like you would knock on someone's door and they would give you a candle and then you'd be invited in for a meal and it was usually tamales. So it was like you come in, you get some tamales, you give them a candle and you light the candle for your de- dead family member. Um, and it was u- sometimes usually only done in some towns. It was like only if you knew someone that had died that year in some towns it was everybody. Right. And then the other tradition that I thought was really interesting is there was one town. They have a tradition called, Oh man, La Danza de los Vietos, which is the dance of the old men, where boys and young men dress like their grandfathers and crouch and jump in a silly, energetic dance while dressed as old men. I love that. I think it's so funny. I want an old man dance. <laughs> it's so funny. I want to. Uh, you know what? Now that I'm getting older, the first year where somebody old man dances at me would be I'd be the most hurt. Right? The second year, I'd be down for it. Yeah. Whatever. But year one, year it would one, hurt like, a oh, lot. Ouch. She'd be like, "That's you're That's right. Fucking, I do have gray hair. Damn. Stop it." Um, I'm skipping gray. I'm going right to white. So, and then the rest of my notes are really just like everywhere I looked, like as I was looking up different cultures, I found like very similar things. So like in Sicily, people would put uh, specifically red candles and uh, cakes with fruit in them out in their windowsills for, for the dead. Um, Muslim countries, they don't do Halloween. Um, they don't do anything like pagan. However, there are, are um some traditions there was one i'm gonna mispronounce this called uh gregorian which uh happens like right in the 15th night of ramadan uh where children get dressed up in traditional attire and go door to door and receive sweets and nuts from their neighbors and they sing traditional songs as a thank you and that happens um in like Kuwait and different Arab countries. Okay. So like, again, just like looking at Halloween as like this thing that we have in America. But when I was more expanding on how all the different cultures that we in America, cause there's so many different cultures, how every culture has taken a different interpretation and also has affected the holiday as a whole. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting and fun and, but except for the trunk or treats. Yeah. I think they have affected it negatively. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's very neat. Well, yeah, I mean, and and obviously to people out there who are like, well, you know, all we have is trunk or treat. Yeah, I I'm, understand. We're, we, we're sorry. We're being jerks We're sorry about on it. your behalf because I'm you're being, being a jerk because I just like having kids roam the neighborhood because that's how I grew up and it was better when I was younger. I liked having kids show up at our door. Mm-hmm. I like opening the door and see like the first year when we moved here and there were kids, there's so many different types of Spider-Man. Oh my God, love Spider-Man. So many types of Spider-Man. And so many types of princesses and all the different stuff. And they'd show up and be like, this is great. And then the next year was nobody. And then we were driving around. We just kept seeing trunk or treats everywhere. I was like, that's why there's no kids. No kids around. Because the kids already got the candy. So why would they come visit me? Yeah. Uh, Which which makes me sound, honestly, that makes me sound like a witch. (laughs) (laughs) The kids already got the candy. So they're not going to visit me here Uh, in the woods. Yeah. But also I know that the, the tradition of, uh, Halloween is so live outside of just trunk or treats, which I'm sure are very fun. Yeah. We have friends who take their kids to trunk or treats. Oh, yeah, yeah no, I know. But, but like, I was thinking when we lived, uh, still living in South Philly, like yeah. how much fun the neighborhood kids had. 
mm-hmm. because we had one family that had just uh, moved to America and there it was the little kids first Halloween ever. Yeah. And they were so fucking excited. Yeah. Someone explained to them what Halloween was. Yeah. And they were like, what do you fucking mean? Yeah. And they I, I'll never forget. I was outside. And, you know, when you live in a row home, you don't have a lot of a, a decorating area. Oh, <laughs> so, uh, privacy decorating area. Yeah, and yeah. So I only had like a railing. And so I was decorating my railing with like spider webs. And like I put like a ooky spooky wreath up on the door or something. And the the kids from down the street came running up and they're like, oh, my God, are you decorating for Halloween? Yeah. And I was like, yeah. And they're like, oh. We just found out about Halloween. And I was like, I know it's so fun. They're like, oh my God, we are so excited. Yeah. And we were the first house they knocked on. They were so hype. They came back three times. I think they, they, they didn't really understand the rules. Yeah. But they definitely Because also not everyone on our block was doing Halloween. Because yeah. some of them were shooting up heroin. Okay. Um, wow. Well, oh, well, I just want to, you know. Oh, that, don't draw well, two had, nights they, of a picture. Listen, they had lights off and their doors were closed for good reason. Yeah, that, I'm just saying, don't draw too nice of a picture. Um, but so it was super fun to see Halloween through a child's uh, viewpoint, especially their first Halloween, just yeah. finding out about it. Um, so anyway, I do love Halloween. She's still my third favorite because Thanksgiving and Christmas. Yeah. But I just, I love Halloween. And that's why we had to have an ooky spooky month. Yeah. No, I miss, I miss the, I miss Halloween being bigger. Yeah, I definitely miss Halloween being bigger. The most depressed I got during the pandemic, though, was during Halloween. That was the absolute most depressed day I had was Halloween during the pandemic. Wait, no. When when all the kids came down the hallway, no, that was so that fun. was the year before. Oh, so in right. 2019, we yeah. were living in that apartment complex mm-hmm. and the apartment complex for the listeners uh, had a very I want to say like 40 percent of the apartment complex were Indian families. Yeah, there's a lot of Indian families, a lot of kids. And I bought like a couple bags of candy. Yep. First door knock of the day. This is 2019. Open the door. There's like three or four kids there. Mm-hmm. And I'm giving them big handfuls of candy because I'm not thinking we're going to get it. Yeah. And the one mom looks up and she goes, you don't, you shouldn't give out that much. Yeah. I'm like, it's fine. She goes, okay, wait, no, you have I no to, idea. I need to immediately stop you and, and take over this story. Because I'm getting to the next part. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Do you want to tell the rest of the story? No, no, I'll let you do it. Because, I mean, you, you know, you do this to me all the time where I try to come no, in no, and add a little flavor. No, okay, go ahead. Okay. So I'm giving out big handfuls of candy. <laughs> yeah. Dumb handfuls of candy. Mm-hmm. And again, it's three or four. The mom like looks down the hall and she says, you need to... I'm like, whatever. And I finish and I close the door. And I was like, all right, good kids. And then about two minutes later, mm-hmm. there's a knock on the door. Yep. And I open the door and there are 65 children. <laughs> yep. 65 kids... And they're dressed as Captain America, Black Panther. Black Panther that year was big. Big, big, big Black Panther year. All these different kids, all of them are dressed as Marvel and firemen and princesses and all sorts of different stuff. And I legit am like trying to just give out one piece. And I realize I can't reach every kid and it's a mob (laughs) of them. So I'm just throwing candy over the kids. And then I'm just like, all right, we're out. And I just slammed the door shut. (laughs) And I just heard them because you could hear them go through the whole building then. Okay. Yeah. I have to. Okay. Okay. But that was 2019. Yeah. Okay. So this, let me just, I have to add into this. So where we were living in this apartment complex, it was two stories. Yeah. Right. And uh, like he said, there was a lot of, most of our neighbors were Indian or Pakistani. Yep. And they, everybody like knew everybody. Everybody knew everybody. Which was wonderful. Yeah. Nobody knew us though. A big sense of community. Our front neighbors knew us. They were like, you're nice. Yeah. Um, but so when when that when that moment happened and he when we opened that door and we, it was like the whole hallway 
was packed wall-to-wall kids yep just every inch was covered in and, kids and on one each end there was a mom yeah so each there end was one has mom, a mom in the front one mom in the back and so when they were walking past us because they were going up the stairs to go upstairs to trick-or-treat at those doors i asked the one mom and she explained to me that all the moms in the apartment complex had gotten together and they had gotten all the kids and it was there were packs it was like there was like six packs of moms with 40 kids or two moms, 40 kids yep. roaming around the apartment complex in these huge groups. Yep. And so we were like, what? we were ill prepared because we didn't know it was our first year at that apartment. Yep. And we didn't know how many kids there were in the apartment. Yeah. And we didn't know how many people were coming through. So yeah. that's that was 2019. So but wait, then I did. We did send him out. I just want to clarify. You drove to ShopRite that night and bought more candy. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I did. You did because I was like, we got to be ready. And so yeah. he manically drove to the grocery store got more candy just because there were just so many packs so many kids and they were having so much fun and yeah. it was so cute and i was so happy because i thought i could get away with like one big bag yeah and then i quickly discovered that night yeah. that we lived in a four big bag apartment complex yeah so again that's 2019 yeah then 2020 hits mm-hmm. the pandemic hit yeah and i'm like how are they gonna do the kids yeah there's all these kids so many trick-or-treating and you're watching the news and different people talking about there was people who were building shoots to like drop the candy down yeah. to the road for people and we talked to a couple of our neighbors and a few of them were like oh we're we're, we're gonna make little buckets yeah and you know there was kind of a consensus that had gone around that like people who are going to trick-or-treat with their kids they're going to set up candy stations in front of each of the buildings in the apartment complex that the kids can come up and just take one or two or whatever yeah so the one neighbor in front of us, they made like little packets and in each one had like a dum-dum and I think like a spider ring and a few other things. Yeah. And they would lovingly handcrafted. And there was probably like a hundred in there. Yeah. And then we had a bucket and each of them had like, you know, with a bunch of different types of candy. I've been like, make sure there's good mix, all this different stuff. And uh, Halloween came. Mm-hmm. And Halloween went. Yeah. And I went back out and no one had taken a single piece of candy from any of the buckets. Yeah. And I remember walking back and picking my bucket up and walking back into our apartment and just crying. I was just like, like, because it was Halloween's like the one thing I felt like as an American kid, any kid living in America, like no one can take Halloween from you. Yeah. Like they can't. You would always hear the shitty people who are like, oh, you know, the poor kids are bussing over to the good town mm-hmm. to do Halloween. I was like, yeah, fuck you. Yeah. It's what it's it's our it's what you have to do if you live in the nice neighborhood that's fun to be trick-or-treated in that's what you literally paid for that yeah you paid to be in that town and so seeing seeing that get destroyed for that one year like really broke me yeah and then like there also is that sea change too because again we then moved here to our current home in um that was 2021 yeah and there was some trick-or-treating going around but even then when i was talking to people like it's less than it was like there was more of a sense and so like there still is that ramification that ripple from the pandemic Mm -hmm. that i thought really did something Mm -hmm. and really kind of hurt my brain and and i still that was for me the peak of 2020 sadness was that moment and then i was like what else what else is going to be like christmas and people you know people don't carol anymore yeah you know christmas and i was like oh well people aren't going to get together i was like well that makes sense but it was like just the idea that you couldn't go door to door and get candy and wear your little costumes yeah and just feel that sense of just being able to also walk around and feel safe yeah like you you're just a kid who couldn't walk around and feel safe. it just fucked me up i know it was the worst it was bad Uh, but listen we're doing it this year we got the candy went to costco 
Went to BJ's. We got yep. the candy. Yeah. We're ready. Okay. We're ready. And I'm not going to dress up as Sonic the Hedgehog. You're not going to dress up as Pregnant Sonic. No. I could no. do Philly Fanatic. That'd be funny. No, but you know, you could dress up but, as. I could dress up as Sonic and you could dress up as Dr. Eggman. Oh my God. No. You could be Dr. Robotnik. No. Because you got the this same is belly. not happening. Why? <laughs> Why isn't it happening? No. Okay. No, you're inappropriate. Okay. But that's the end of my Halloween episode. That's a great episode. Thanks. Uh, you, brought, you brought a lot together. Thanks. Yeah. I uh I wanted I had to I had to do better I not better but it had to be different than last week yeah had to be different it was up it was yeah. definitely up I'm bringing it up yeah you did yeah you only mentioned dead kids like six times <laughs> oh my god I'm sorry <laughs> I was like why did you even bring this part in I'm sorry I just it was in the notes I you could just, you wrote the notes oh you're right you could cut that part out my just bad. don't mention the dead kids I'm sorry but yeah that's fine <laughs> uh but yeah this is a really great episode I'm gonna start reading Akatar. Yep. A Crown of Thorns and Roses. Yep. I'm going to start reading that soon. Uh, and then soon this month will be over. And then we'll be on to back to our regular schedule for a little bit. Yep. Uh, as we build into the parental leave time. So yep. I just want to thank all of our listeners, all the Patreons, all those different people out there who give us your ears every week. Yeah, thank you. And thank you for leaving your uh, awesome reviews on iTunes and uh, messages on Instagram and sending us things in the PO box. It's also wonderful, and we're super appreciative. Yeah, it's been a it's 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 been a weird time for everybody out there. So I just wanted to say thank you guys so much to everyone out there, and uh, we really, really, really do appreciate you, Mrs. P. Last words. Uh, have a great week. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.